In a world where combat sports changes on a dime, two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Amanda Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor at Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds episode 60. Um, this is this is gonna be I don't want to overpromise, but this is gonna be a pretty epic podcast, uh, epic show because this has just been something that has been like everyone has wanted and it's finally happened and it's kind of taken everybody back and how to react and what to expect. But at the end of the day, Vince McMahon has retired and we're definitely going to get into that. Um, I always, I think about this. I was like, man, what would Bill and I do if we were still around at this time around that, like, let's say around 2007, Vince retired. Um, I think oh, we God. would troll this. I think we would troll the <laughs> shit out of it. But I also think we would be somewhat like, okay, what do we do? Because you know we've built this whole brand on WWE sucking, and if they're going to be good again, like you know how do how do we how do we pivot? I guess. But we were always honest and upfront. Like if it was good again, we would like it again. So I mean, I, I don't think it'd have been too difficult. We would have established a fan base regardless, but. Um, it's interesting because one thing that you can always say about Bill and I, we've always been Triple H fans. Right. We've never hated Triple H. Um, and I mean, probably even Bill more than I. I mean, Bill, huge Triple H fan. So you're not going to be upset. We're not going to be upset that Triple H is in charge. Um, when I remember even when, uh, when Triple H retired and me and you did our show, Bill was in the chat and he was like giving props to Triple H during yeah. the episode and stuff. Like, because you were kind of like, you're like I wasn't like the biggest fan, but like you like what you liked him, but yes. but you weren't like you were always like Sean over. I don't know how Bill st- stacks on like Sean versus Triple H, but um, but I know Bill I think, during that episode was was really really pro Triple H. I, I remember seeing that. I think Bill will would say that Sean is a better wrestler, but like from like a role model standpoint, like someone that like he really looked up to triple H was way up there just from the bodybuilding aspect, the way that he took everything so serious, the whole cerebral assassin thing. Um, I mean, and he huge was fan of triple too. H like, like, yeah. I know, yeah. He like amongst his, his, his buddies, he was like the one he was like the straight guy, right. like those that, that click and everything. So, yeah. It was so funny, too, because we always had it out like if Triple H doesn't have the goatee, it's not the same. But it was like, dude, when the moment you could start to see the facial hair come in, Bill would be like, oh, the goatee's coming back. The real Triple H is coming back. You know what I mean? Like, And he would be so – man, he was so disappointed when Triple H got fat because it was just like (laughs) just completely out of his character. It was something that you just never expected. And uh, but it was also right around that time where we were fed up with the WWE too. So you know, it's it, it kind of went hand in hand. So yeah, that was like the era where he was like rocking like kind of the weird longer trunk kind of like he wasn't wearing the tights. He was wearing like the it was after that surgery that he yeah. got. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was, but yeah, man, yeah, we got a lot to talk about tonight. There's a I see people in the chat are very excited about this. Um, me and Doug are both very excited for very similar reasons, you know, like yeah. we've, we've been, you know, so this is, yeah, we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about, but yeah, I know you're right back, back in the day, like if this would have happened during kind of the peak of you and Bill on YouTube, oh my God, that would have been a celebration on like, I mean, y'all would have been And the other thing is, I think, I think you've, 
you like i mean we're all older now right so like, oh yeah for but, sure but it's like but i think back then you would have like danced on the grave of vince leaving it would have been oh, like 100%. i mean just a total mother f to all the wwe fans yep. i think today we're gonna it's gonna be a lot more like we're gonna give our respects to vince as as you know because we do both respect him for a lot of reasons but we also both know that a change was needed for a long time so like 100%. But but there's going to be a good balance of this on the show. This isn't going to be, I mean, at least from my perspective, and I know I know Doug's the same, but like I'm not going to sit here and just bash Mr. McMahon the entire time we're on here. Like, no. Um, but I think no. back in like 07, that's what, what you would have seen on this channel, probably. I would have just been like, where's your genius now? He's yeah. out of here. You know, like I would have, <laughs> I would have really gone for it. But now it's like, you know, like honestly, I found out at work and I, I, I just need a moment. Like I, I couldn't really understand reality without Vince McMahon because he's literally been around my entire life. Yeah. Um, We're talking and, like he's dead just, too, which is so wild. Like, right. But I yeah. mean, like Mr. McMahon kind of is now, right. you know yeah. what I mean? And so it's like, it's just, it's just hard to separate the fact that it is over and right. that he is gone. Um, but but yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really something. But uh, let's go ahead and um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get to the super chat. We'll answer yeah. that. Then we're going to go over some uh, weekly purchases that we did, and then we'll jump into Vince McMahon in depth and all the stuff that's coming up. So yeah, this this is a, a good lot, time. Lot good like stuff. this is a good time right now. Like if y'all if y'all have super chats and donations, like this would be a good time to send them in because we can get to them like throughout the show too. If, it, if it's something we see that we're going to be talking about, we'll make sure to address it at that time. Cause I know y'all have a lot of thoughts on, on Vince retiring and triple H getting the book and Gresham wanting out of AW and ROH. I mean, there, there's a lot going on this week. Um, so if you want to, and, and we're seeing a lot, like we have a lot of people in here, a lot of activity. We appreciate all y'all. And we just want to make sure that if you want your guarantee that we get to your question or read your statement, answer your question, that'd be the way to do it. And that's, that's why we're going to do a couple weekly purchases at the top of the show. Give you all a second to get into the chat. Let us know what you are thinking, how you're feeling tonight. And, uh, and yeah, we'll get to every single super chat and donation throughout the show. Um, we, we promise you that. Yeah, for sure. And like, if you guys haven't already, please smash that like button. It always helps us out. If you're excited, Vince is gone, smash that like button. Um, if yeah, his Vince is gone, smash that like button. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know that there's too many people that are out there, but uh, yeah, it's it, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so first super chat, thanks so much, Phil. I appreciate it, man. Said, what up, guys? Do you think if Ring of Honor was for sale in 2019, that Tony would have just purchased it and ran an AEW type vision with it? Um, that's a great question, though. I really yeah, that is a good question. It makes me think. Uh, I don't think that's out of the question, honestly. I think that that could have actually happened um, because you already have somewhat of an established name. You would have already had, you would have taken already that film library and then you would have had like a reimagined version, which would have been AEW. Um, that is interesting. But I wonder if he bought ROH, would it stay ROH or would he actually rebrand it to something different? Um, I don't know, but but I do think that that's actually possible that he would have just bought Ring of Honor and stuck with that, and then 
tried to sell it. I think one benefit about it, though, was is that by not having Ring of Honor, then you don't have like Warner Brothers or Discovery or whatever looking at previous Ring of Honor stuff, what it draws on Sinclair, and then trying to convince them saying like, hey, this is going to be huge on your network. And they're like, dude, we're looking at these numbers and this is trash. Like no pay-per-view buys, you know what I mean? So I think he would have been handicapped in that way. And by at least starting his own, it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. You know what I mean? So I, I, I feel like everything worked out. I'm still very unsure about the vision of Ring of Honor itself uh, right now, but I, I, uh, I think he would have started his own company regardless. But, but I do, I do understand where you're coming from with that question. Yeah, yeah, Phil Talk Sports. We appreciate the super chat very much. I, I agree with everything Doug said. I, uh, I, I think it's. I mean, it, it would have made sense for him to just buy Ring of Honor. But then I do think he still would have rebranded it at the very least because like you said with the kind of just the 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 track record of of low ratings and stuff and that'd be that'd be hard to probably sell a big a big network like turner on um but like the talent was there like a lot of the same talent wound up in AEW, and they would have like the all out at least they would have that They, they could show all out as like a ring of honor show to networks and be like, this is what we are now. Like we, this is, right. you know, <clears throat> but you mean, about, you mean all in, Oh, sorry, sorry. All in. Yes. Yeah, it, um, it gets confusing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I would say, uh, but I, I think that's a really, really interesting question. Um, yeah, I really do. But at the end of the day, I do think it would be, it, it I don't know. And it's gonna be kind of stumped to be honest, because I feel like he would have definitely bought it if it was available. It's just a matter yeah. of would he have rebranded it. And by the way, yep. I'm, I'm holding a Koosh ball right now, which I just realized I was holding on stream. Do do what you gotta do. I bought I bought one of these uh, during retirement purchases, but this was a. Uh, I haven't held one of these things in like 20 years, and I just these things feel incredible. I just been holding it all day while I was working. Anyways, yeah, great super chat. Thank you very much. All right, man, you want to jump into your weekly purchases? Yeah, we got some purchases. Now, some of the really good ones, y'all, are not here yet. Um, I did get shipping confirmation on my AEW shop exclusive John Moxley, so that should be coming here oh, nice. I, I think this week. Um, I did on eBay buy – no, not on eBay, off of the uh, the Facebook group that we're in for figures. Um, I got a AEW shop exclusive Chris Jericho. So oh, okay. I now got the whole set. Now. Got the whole set. Got the whole set. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going for those. I'm going for the the shop exclusives. Um, nice. So I got those. They're not here yet. And uh, we both. The, the, I don't. You got the Cody, the WWE Elite Cody. You didn't. Uh, okay. So I'm still on the fence. I'm still on yeah. the fence. So I got that, having no idea. I just saw July on the thing, so yeah. I bought it. I didn't realize it was July of 23. Um, yeah, but so anyway, I pre-ordered the the um uh, the what is the fan edition Ultimate Cody? Yeah, um, from Mattel. So yeah. uh, so yeah, so got that stuff coming later. Uh, I think by next week I should be able to show the uh, AW Shop exclusive uh, Moxley and Jericho here, and then uh, nothing too crazy this week. This is also kind of an educational thing for people uh, that are uh, out there fig hunting right now because I've been finding some pretty good deals. Um, I got this mean Mark Callis the other day from Target. Six dollars. 
great yeah. deal. Great yep. deal. Uh, that Especially had that whole, when I paid twenty for it, that's all good. That whole set was like six bucks. There's, there was nothing else on the pegs, but I saw like Road Dog was was discounted, and, and a lot of them. Um, I found this Trent. I still am catching up on the AW Unrivaled series, um, but I don't have Chuck Taylor yet. But I do have Trent finally, so hopefully I'll get Chuck soon. I already have an Orange Cassidy, so nice. getting more of my best friends completed. Another another steal this week. This was down to five dollars, <laughs> but these are normally twenty bucks. Yeah, no, Super Sevens yeah. are ridiculous. Yeah, so I got that for for five dollars. I think that was a target. Um, I'm telling then, you right now, during the recession, like play the long game because a lot of people are just not going to buy figures at these prices and they are going to hit clearance. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting great deals. Um, yeah. I, and I collect Funko pops. So the next couple of Funkos, I know no Funkos are divisive. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Uh, this is just a, an Aaron Hannon from the office. I have like a whole office collection. So I've okay. got to get like one of at least all the characters. And then, uh, I'm really close to completing my Always Sunny Funko Pop set, but this one I'm going to keep in the box. This is the special edition Charlie, which is a like an alternate uh, attire version of Charlie Kelly from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is my favorite show of all time, so um, I'm really happy I'm getting these. So that that's everything I think that I got this week. So next week should be a big one though with those exclusives coming in. What about you, awesome. Dustin? Um. So I was able to get the No Holds Barred set. I was so happy. And I think I was really close to not getting it because I got on there. Now, I got it with my phone. And I mean, the moment that thing went live, I got on there and it said sold out. I refreshed it once, said sold out, I refreshed it twice. And then it showed that it was available. I added it to the order and then I had to wait out and check out for five minutes. And it kept saying available, available. And it just kept going. It's like one minute left you know, all the way down 30 seconds, seconds left. And I'm just like staring at this thing, like, dear God, please let me get this. Yeah. And, uh, I got it and people said that it was sold out by 1107 and I got it at 1106. So Oof. I think I was really close to not getting it. And I mean, the secondary price on those are stupid right now. So I'm just very thankful I got that set of something I really wanted and I did. What is get the secondary um, price right now, by the way? Like what is that? Man, I saw stuff for like 185, 190, wow. 175. Yeah. And I it was like it, it was like 82.95 after taxes and everything. So I mean it's it's expensive, but right. I'm just glad I got it. Oh, yeah. Um and then I got the ultimate Hulk Hogan, which I think is probably his greatest figure he's ever had like the detail in this thing is just unbelievable plus he comes with three head sculpts and i love the skin it just it it really is like the hulk hogan type skin so i think this is really dope yep and since i had extra heads i had that survivor series one and i took off the hideous dale earnhardt head and i put on um one of the ultimate heads on here and it turned out to look pretty cool so now is that a is that an elite? This is that the one? elite survivor series one. Yeah. And it has oh, the okay. ugly Dale Earnhardt looking head that doesn't really work. So I put on the ultimate. Head nice. That yeah. That looks better. a lot better. Yeah. So yeah, nice. basically ended up with two Hogan. So that turned out pretty cool. And then I'll get the no holds barred Hogan. And then I'll probably get um, the other elite 96. I think it is Hogan. And I'll get um, a shirt from like Threadhead custom or something to add like another shirt to have the 
different Hogan look. So I'm pretty excited about my Hogan collection that's going to be keep coming out. Did you, did you say was was one of those the the Wolfpack Hogan? Elite. I haven't done the Wolfpack Hogan yet. I'm waiting on that price to drop a little bit. It probably won't for a while, but I, I'm not in any hurry to get it. But it is cool. It is it's very similar to the the Ultimate NWO Hogan. Like it's yeah, just pretty much just a different same shirt. head scan I mean, everything. Yeah. It's a different shirt, different tights. That's really the and only spray panned the belt with the red instead of the black, right? So comes with the uh, two sweet hands too. I don't think the other one did. So yeah. I love that. Got that too. Um, yeah, but yeah, good For stuff. Sure. Um, anything else that you got this week? No. Oh, well, I haven't gotten it yet. I'll wear it for the next show. I got it, but I haven't actually got it out of his package. But I got the new Will Ospreay shirt. Um, oh, nice. Not not the Kenny Omega cease and desist one, but the one where it's like just him and the shows all the flags and says he's done everything. So I'll probably wear that for the next live round, so you guys can see that one. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, a new hat as well. I I got a bunch of hats around my birthday time. It's time to get some some new hats. So yeah, that's basically what I've done. Nice. All right. And uh, we got a couple of super chats in, so we'll go ahead and get to those, and then um, we'll we'll dive into this Vince McMahon stuff. Sounds good. Dial F for film, which is Kogan, by the way. Thank you, Kogan. He's a good good dude in our community. Um, what do you guys consider the worst wrestling tropes? And in a broader conversation, how do you think Triple H could change WWE creative for the better? This is definitely something I wanted to get into because I asked people like on Twitter, if you could make one change or what, what would it be right off the bat? So like, what do you think Triple H should be looking at immediately to change in the WWE? Um, I mean, it's a pretty deep conversation. I mean, like, Long there's a lot yeah, like this. Yeah, like, <laughs> but just like narrow it down to, to like one or two things. Uh, to put it like really, really, uh, like broadly, I guess, um, stories that are more intriguing and better in ring product. Yeah. I know it's yeah. very broad and basic, but like, if they could just do more storylines that I feel like people care about and then pay them off, but see like all those layers are going to include like less DQ finishes, less 50, 50 booking, like picking this yeah. person into push instead of this person. And, you know, I mean like there's just so much that goes into it, but like, I mean, a, a big reason I like AEW is because I think the long-term stories make sense and they have good payoffs and the in-ring product is fantastic. I mean, it's pretty yeah. easy to, to like, to, you know because i'd say the same thing about like there's plenty of uh like not many people talk about it but like nxt uk i cover that for the weekender i think that's a solid show because the storylines make sense the matches are good and then when they have like any kind of pay-per-view match or something they always kill it and i'm like this is kind of all you can ask for like it's solid for what it's meant to be you know um wwe yeah. is very capable of doing it they have a super stacked roster of talent you know, that are super athletic and still young and hungry. And like, they're, I think Roman's fantastic. Like I watched raw for a little bit last night and I'm like, this guy's yeah. so good. You know what I mean? It's like, they have some really good stuff going for them. It's just a matter of 
like going with what the fans really want and, and doing stuff that's different. And I mean, once again, we're going to get into all this when we talk about Vince more throughout the show, but how, how do you feel if you could take like my, I guess my two things would be like better, just better stories and better in ring wrestling. Um, for me, I would, if I could pick two things, in ring is definitely one of them. And I would kill the brand extension. Oh yeah. That's a no brainer for me. I've always hated that. Yeah. I just think that if you're not good enough to get TV time, then you're just not good enough to get TV time, regardless if you have to split it or not. And then, you know, whether you, if you have to release more people, then that's what you'll have to do. But people pay money to see everybody to see both brands on the same show and to separate it, it just doesn't make any sense, especially when they keep like, you know, Roman's on Raw this week and blah, blah, blah. It's like if you're not really going to draw that hard line in the sand to where these guys just aren't able to touch unless it's like a special event or something like that, then there's just absolutely no right. point in this thing. It's been so. like that for a long time where it's just like everyone's on both shows. Like it just doesn't. Yes. Yeah. And, and the whole point of the brand extension was to create new stars and like they have one star and it's Roman. Like they really, and it it's hasn't probably, done it. it's probably done more damage about creating stars because you're not able to keep those same storylines with momentum. So whatever you just saw on raw, you can't see a follow-up on SmackDown. You got to wait all the way till next week on raw and you know, and so on and so on. And they're looking into do filler and stuff. Right. So they're just like, okay, we got to figure out how we can use this person for another out. Like we have this many, like, and it, they forget, they lose focus because they're only focused on like two main storylines going into the pay-per-view and the rest of the stuff is just kind of whatever. So I think if they had like, you know, we build on Raw and then we build up more on SmackDown and then it's a continuation to Raw to SmackDown the way it used to be, I think that they would have a much more enjoyable show and when people buy tickets, they know who they're going to be able to see. You know, it's not like, oh, well, I, he's my favorite, but he's on SmackDown, so I can't see him live. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, I, I think that, that makes sense to end the brand extension. Um, thanks for the Super Chat, guys. Like I said, please smash that like button if you haven't. Please subscribe if you haven't. And uh, whatever Super Chats you guys have, send them our way. We definitely appreciate the support of the channel. And we will pivot to answer your questions when we're on a certain topic. So if you guys want us to change topics on your super uh, chat question, we will. So um, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to try a little something different here with like labeling what we're talking about. So we got Vince McMahon retires. Um, so this is the hard part is we all agree that pro wrestling is not where it is without Vince and pro wrestling is something that we all love, obviously. So it's very bittersweet for me because what made me fall in love with pro wrestling was Vince McMahon's product. I didn't grow up with WCW. I grew up with WWF. WCW was something that I went to because I enjoy pro wrestling, but what got me to like pro wrestling was Vince's vision, um, was the WWF, was Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, you know, Mr. Perfect, Million Dollar Man, all those guys, right? Um, so it's also a little bit of a, 
just kind of sad, right? Like it's somebody that you definitely looked up to at some point in your life. It's somebody that you viewed at such a high level. Like if you were a WWE fan at one point, you viewed Vince as God, right? You bowed to him, you thanked him, the whole nine. Um, and he beat God in action. Right. And well, and the, the thing is too, is like a lot of, like Bill and I's videos towards Vince were very much like a scorned child yes. to their parent. You know, it was the, like, I, we waited outside for tickets overnight because of you, right? right? Because we love right. you. Why we do this? Felt, we felt betrayed. We felt yeah. very betrayed by Vince. I was very hurt by the WWE and the directions that they chose to go. And I think one of the biggest things is like for me. I've seen almost all the stuff I've loved turn to crap at some point, whether that's been a corporation buying it and turning it into garbage or whatever. And it's one of those things that like, I've just grown to accept at my older age, but like, I wasn't used to that at, at the age that I, I was, I was 22, 23 years old when this stuff was going on. And like, I just had never felt like that. And I was so upset and so pissed off. And sadly, I don't think Vince ever really pivoted and fixed it. Like, I think he made exceptions here or there or whatever. But, like, once I was off the train, I never fully got back on the train. I was very, like, scorned. I was, I felt betrayed. And I looked at him with, like, kind of a side eye and just been like, you know, give you a chance. I'll watch your stuff. But like, I'm not, I don't trust you. You know what I mean? Like, so it's very, uh, it's very bittersweet. And I, I just really hate how it all ended because I don't think this is going to get any better for him. I mean, there's supposed to be a story on real sports of Brian Gumble about him. There is going to be another wall street journal, uh, article about him. There's rumors of Christy Hemi and Ashley Macero that he did things to. Like, there's just all sorts of different stuff that could be coming out that it's just going to get worse and worse. And uh, it's just it's just unfortunate. It It's a sad ending to something that needed to end a long time ago. And I honestly feel like because he's 77 years old, is one of the main reasons he didn't fight this. It's like, look, I got away with it for this long. I lived my life. I I was able to live like a king and do whatever I wanted and, and run this wrestling company and all this stuff. Like, I'm just accepting. I'm taking my L and I'm moving on. You know what I mean? But I think if Vince was 55 or something, I think he would fight this tooth and nail. But I think at this point in his life, he's ready to move on and... I think it's long overdue. I think he's completely out of touch with current modern day pro wrestling. And uh, I think that we're all going to benefit from this as fans. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the day they announced that Triple H is taking over creative and Vince is retiring, the stock goes up 10%. Like that's, that's the whole, like, when you lose a figurehead like that, usually your stock crashes. And that's why they announced it on Friday because they were worried about Wall Street. They want to make sure Wall Street closed and they didn't panic or anything. But instead, the stock goes way up because most people view Vince as a burden at this point. So, uh, yeah, it's 
it's very bittersweet, but at the end of the day, it is absolutely needed, and uh, I'm all for the change. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you too. I mean, I've I've made this comparison plenty of times before, but like the the god of modern day pro wrestling as we know it is definitely Vince. Like we all yep. we all know that professional wrestling existed before him, but like what we know it as, I mean, and it's it's just wild. I mean, the especially living through like the like the 90s like the late 90s especially like the attitude era and like just when wrestling was as big as it's ever been and probably will ever be in the mainstream and you know he took down wcw and ecw like he was the last one standing of like all of that and it was just it's just like kind of night and day and in a lot of ways he's he's still the same guy but in a lot of ways he's just like this really like you said, I think he's just kind of, he's just, he's just older now. He's just old and worn down in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just like, you know, cause you would think like the Vincent man from like 1998, like that dude would, that he'd be handling this a completely different way. It might not, you know, wind up going any better for him um, in the long run, but like, yeah, we saw how they used to handle uh, criticism and how, because they used to be on their own island just doing their own thing and no one cared about yep. what the world of pro wrestling was doing and all and all these wrestlers yep. are dying young and no one really cared they you know people people in the in the uh on the news would would talk about it for a day or two when like a wrestler would die young or something but like then everyone would just kind of forget about it and you know it's just in the wrestling world we wouldn't but in the mainstream you know now now things are just everything's just so different and Vince is uh it's it's sad. It's sad that like that's the way he's going out. But at the same time, like I, I've said it a lot lately. Like when he did the Pat McAfee interview, when he yep. went to the UFC, um, the the weird appearances on SmackDown and stuff. Like that really did kind of seem like his like kind of goodbye to everybody. Kind of with like yep. one middle finger up, almost like kind of being yep. like, you know what? I'm staying right here, right in front of you, like. I'm getting out there. I'm still enjoying my life. Um, but at the same time, like time's kind of up for me because there's probably a lot of pressure on him to, to, to retire. I'm sure too. Like, even though he was such a, a heavy majority shareholder in the company, like it doesn't, I guarantee. And, and here's the other thing too. How long did they know this was going to be a possibility? Cause part of me is also thinking like, like, you know, I, I imagine I'm at some point, and I imagine it has mainly to do with the timeline of these allegations, because we saw how how different the company was shifting in like recent years, especially like this last year with Nick Khan and stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like Stephanie's the interim CEO or, or yeah, interim CEO, and then like we find out that Vince is going to retire, but like the, obviously that doesn't just happen overnight. Like there's no way triple H just woke up one day and was like, Oh, I'm going to be the COO now and, and head of talent relations. And like there had, he had to have known for some amount of time that these changes were going to be happening. So how many like wrestlers and other personnel maybe knew about this too? Like did someone like Cody even know, like when he came over from AEW, like, is that part of the conversation is like, Hey, triple H is going to be running this place pretty soon. Like, like this right. is going to be, you know what I mean? Like, like the, the things you're going to want to do. Maybe like, that's why MJF started to throw his fit. 
hey, who, who knows? I mean, like they might have some some talent might have known that like these kind of things were going to be happening. But on the flip side, there's other talents like Adam Cole and and Kyle O'Reilly and, and Johnny Gargano and like a whole lot of other people too, though that uh, Alistair Black and uh, Andrade and so on and so forth. That like I feel like if they would have known, they probably would have wanted to stick around longer in the WWE. So like yeah. I don't I don't know I don't want to make assumptions like pe- some people knew and some people didn't I I've, I have literally no idea I'm just saying but like change like this just happen overnight like you know agreed but like keep in mind like Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly Triple H was like in the hospital you know what I mean right. like he was basically relieved of his duties and just like just trying to recover so I think it's just a lot of like circumstances that led to a lot of those guys to AEW. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's wild, and I I just really don't know what to expect of the whole thing. Like, it in my opinion, this is bad news for AEW because one of the main reasons you got a lot of these guys is because they didn't want to work for Vince McMahon anymore. Right. Most of them love Triple H. Yeah, and so. You know, even like a Moxley, right? Never go back there. Might with Triple H now, you know, if you don't got to deal with the old man anymore, like, why not? So I don't I don't know how that's going to affect things. Plus, I also think Tony Khan is starting to feel the reality of being the boss. You know, like at, at first there's all this honeymoon phase and everybody's happy and this is the coolest place ever. And now with running two companies, communication issues, whatever the case may be. It's a lot. He has a ton of uh, wrestlers under his uh, banner. Um, He might be starting to see some of the complications there. And you're going to start to see more disgruntled wrestlers there too. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. But I will say this. I personally think Vince knew he was leaving for a while. I think that interview with Pat McAfee, he knew he was leaving. Because he made it pretty clear, like it was kind of coming to an end. And I picked up on that immediately. Like when he was just like, well, you know, you never know when it's over and you could get hit by a bus or whatever. I, I just want to let everyone know thank you. I just right. want to let everyone know that whoever worked for me or whoever watched the show, like just thank you. And I'm like, does that really sound like somebody that's in this for the long haul? You know what I mean? And then if you go back and you think about WrestleMania and like – booking himself in that match with McAfee and having Austin come out one last time and all that stuff. Like in retrospect, you're just kind of like, how long has he known, you know? And then Stephanie just magically taking a leave of absence because of health issues when Triple H has been medically cleared to come back. And then like shortly after she's brought in to be the CEO, like, there's just a lot of things that were going down that I feel like these were strategic moves that he knew that like these stories were out. They were about to get released at some point and he tried to kind of cover himself and get ahead of it a little bit before it really hit the fan. And uh, I, I think also the strategic of Nick Khan and, and how everything set up there, like, I don't know. It just seems like this was more of a power play of like people really like looking into the situation, preparing for what was going to happen. And then when it went down, it was just kind of like, okay, this domino fell, this domino fell, this domino fell, this is gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
it's wild too because like i i was kind of calling for this also like as far as I, I i assumed it would be some sort of team effort when vince left like i assumed it was going to be some combination of triple h stephanie and nick khan like running this together and that looks like that's what it's going to be like i'd imagine stephanie will be more of like the um she's kind of more like the actual like how do you say it? she's like vince's successor like true successor like she's yeah. his daughter she's been around the business her entire life she's been she's been uh groomed to be this her entire life to, to take over her dad's company um and then nick khan just kind of seems like the guy who can make really strong financial decisions for the company whether the fans like it or not um and he has those relationships with like big streaming platforms and big media companies and and he was an agent for you know a lot of different athletes and so, so it's like he's 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 a guy who can who can continue to build the worldwide brand of the WWE and then Triple H gets to do what we all were hoping for the whole time when he was running NXT like now he is the head of creative and it's going to be his decision and, and head of talent relations it's going to be his decision on whether he wants to take the mold that Vince McMahon showed him or if he wants to take a right turn and be like all right this is i see what's going on in the rest of the wrestling world and these are the these are the ways we're behind on our product like our money is fine but like this is where we're, we're lacking in like the fans eyes and you know can triple h finally make i mean here's the thing now he can finally make the changes we, we've been asking for it's just a matter of like will he or how long will it take before you know well, they get through SummerSlam just to kind of put a bow on kind of how things were. And then there's like a big kind of reset shortly after yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, and that's, that's what's going to be interesting. Like, do you have to get certain guys out of there before you can do that? Or can you go ahead and just do that? You know what I mean? Does a Kevin Dunn have to go? Does a Bruce Pritchard have to go before you can do things like this? Or can you just go ahead and say, look, I'm in charge. I'm doing it this way. Um, and also, where are they as a business? Like, are they looking to sell now? Because it's easier to sell now. Like, you, you don't have Vince there. He still has the most in the stock, I believe. So I, I think that they could definitely sell if someone was interested. And I really think that The Rock would probably want to be, like, he would get, like, a group of investors and try to buy the WWE. Um, and me personally, like... I don't love that idea. Like I, it's nothing. It's a little bit against the rock. I think the rock's a little bit of a sellout at this point, to be honest with you. I think that he's definitely sold his soul to Hollywood. And I don't think that he is the same guy that he used to be, but um, I, I just don't view him as genuine anymore. I think he comes off as fake a lot, uh, but I just don't know what his vision would be for the WWE. And I don't know if he would give in to like pressure based on like, you know, whatever happens, like it's going to cost you a film role because you did this on WWE or whatever the case may be. Right. So like, I just don't know if he's still in bed with Hollywood, how much that would hurt him making decisions for pro wrestling. Cause it's easy to do for XFL, but pro wrestling is a little bit of a different story. So, um, 
that part kind of concerns me. But I, I could see something like that to where they get a multiple. It's it's kind of like when someone buys a team, a football team. It's usually multiple people involved, just like um, when it was uh, the UFC. Like it was yeah. multiple people involved. So I could see the Rock being one of those people. Yeah, I mean, I could see something like that uh, potentially. You know, I still think the company very much could could sell, and I think that's a big thing for Nick Khan as well being there. He could probably help sell the company big time. Um, but I also think that part of this too that's going to help uh, for one of the one of the concerns I had with, and I still do to a degree, but not as much now, I guess, is the loyalty aspect for guys like the Undertaker and Stone Cold and stuff like to to not go do business with companies like AEW and those kind of things. Cause you know, if it was just Nick Khan in charge, I think that loyalty is just kind of broken where they're like, okay, like I, I, but when it's Stephanie, it's like, it's still kind of like Vince being there, yeah. for them, you know, like, I agree. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, and that's actually a super chat question from Alexander Fitzgerald. Thanks Alex. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, nice. Um, yes, do you think we might see longtime wrestlers like Undertaker, Lesnar, The Rock, et cetera, guys who were loyal to Vince possibly show up in AEW? Well, um, Lesnar apparently left SmackDown like immediately right. and wound up coming oh, back, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it really kind of shows you like Brock's true colors, like you're upset that they're getting rid of Vince for doing heinous things and you're like throwing a fit that you'll won't come back. If he's gone, I'm gone or whatever. Like I just, I'm so over Brock, like get your SummerSlam match in there and you can get the hell on out you can go ahead and go. Uh, and I, I just don't see the point in him anymore. I really don't. But, uh, when it comes to Undertaker, like, like you said, we still have a McMahon in there, and also we have a Triple H who is damn near a McMahon. Also, those are you know pretty close friends. I don't think that they're going to want to hurt uh, the business side of those guys. But I'll say this: that like if things start to go a little south, or all of a sudden they get shortchanged on their Legends deal or whatever, I don't think it would be out of the question for them to say like, "Look, we'll go somewhere else." You know what I mean? So. Uh, you know, business kills a lot of friendships. So I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they had, they decide to do things a little bit differently. One thing I'm almost positive will happen is in like a year or whatever, whenever JR's AW deal is up, like they'll, they'll Triple H will hire him back to be like backstage, like something with the talent. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like JR will be back with that company now. Like, because I think Vince was he like, he can go. Well, no, I'm just saying, not take him, take no, him just, now. I'm not saying he's gonna do commentary. I'm just saying, like, because because you know, like his deal with AEW is up in like a year or whatever. And I'm, I'm counting down the days. Yeah, sir. I'm just I'm just saying, like, those are the kind of things I'm thinking though. Too is like backstage, like you know, people are gonna be moving on and they're gonna bring people back. And well, there's I a mean, lot of people who think like Gabe Sapolsky. Um, could possibly come back in the fold. There's people that think, you know, you could bring in Sasha Banks now because her beef was with Vince. You could bring in maybe like a killer cross because he was heavily pushed in NXT and right. then now he's a free agent. So maybe you bring in Bray Wyatt, you know, like there's, there's a lot of people that uh, are out there that probably would have been in uh in, in the WWE events wasn't around. So um, 
Any final thoughts on Vince? Because we'll move on to the next topic. Yeah, if, if I mean, I'm sure we'll talk more about it maybe throughout the show or maybe I'm sure in following weeks because you'll hear us talking about, you know, like I'll keep a, a more of an eye on WWE's product the next few weeks than I normally do, um, you know, hoping that I do see some change and stuff. Um, so you'll, you'll hear me and Doug give our, give our thoughts on the kind of the new triple H era of, uh, creative and stuff, you know, going forward. Yep, for sure. Uh, I think Vince was a hell of a performer. I think he was one of the best characters we've ever had on wrestling TV. Um, I had no idea that he owned the company when he used to do commentary for WWE. I really only figured it out once the Bret Hart stuff went down. So uh, I, I always thought it was um, uh, God. Who's this stupid? Um, I know people are gonna say his name. Who's the commissioner? And they always he was like a yeah, white Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I always thought that he ran the company because you know, like I didn't really understand all the behind the scenes stuff of everything. So. Um, yeah, Vince is an incredible character and incredible when he was motivated, he was really good at his job. But when he conquered WCW and just got stale and then was just so adamant about his vision, even though the people hated it, um, he really destroyed his legacy. And then not only that, you kind of find out that the Mr. McMahon character was actually like pretty legit. <laughs> as who he was and like there's parts of me that like you know like i'm sure he booked himself to make out with trish or to make out with any of the women that he found hot or whatever like and they i'm sure they were really uncomfortable about it and i'm sure he really crossed the line a lot and that's that's the hard stuff to take uh but Overall, like legacy wise, we don't have pro wrestling without Vince McMahon. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough and I can't just ignore that fact. So regardless, however you feel about him, you hate him, you think he's scum of the earth, all that stuff. I'm thankful for what he's done, but, uh, I, I, I'm, I've like never loved a man and hated a man all at the same time. Like Vince McMahon, right? Like, like I said, at one point, I absolutely loved that guy, and I would have gave anything to meet him. And now, like, it's just – he just kind of disgusts me. And it's not just for what he did outside of the ring. It's also what he did to the WWE. Um, yeah, it's just it's been very bittersweet. Yeah. Another super shot. Thank you very much. It's like, is Alex Schmidt the newest one? Yeah, thank you. Yes, Alex Schmidt. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for the super chat. Will the entertainment media culture today allow the new WWE direction to go above and beyond what different eras were able to do? Um, no. Not that we could never have like the Attitude Era now. Like, nothing no. like that, yeah. He doesn't mean just political. Um... No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think a lot of the content you'd be able to do now without like risk of like just a PR nightmare. Before and this goes not just for pro wrestling, the pre-social media era, like you could just get away with a lot more because like there wasn't like a central place for people to like either complain about something or like call something out or draw attention and like masses to to people. Now there would there would have been stuff that you just would not 
they just wouldn't fly. Even just like the stuff you just said, even if it was something like Vince making out with like Sable or like uh, Trish or something like that on TV, like that would be a, like a nightmare on Twitter right now because people would be like, the boss is forcing himself to make out with. Yes. Even if it was like a storyline, the the you would still you would still be uncomfortable. There would, it would be uncomfortable for a lot of people knowing the that there is a position of power in you know built into that the way that it is. So like there there was just I mean, a lot of stuff you wouldn't be able to do anymore. I think especially like with the sexual stuff, you'd really have to really walk that stuff back because. You just you, you there's no way not to offend somebody with it. There's just no way. I mean, I I just saw something maybe a week ago or so with Effie doing his normal like thrust to the face to a girl and people were outraged by it. And it's like that's been his gimmick. He's been doing that, but they're not okay with it. You know, even if she was okay with it, they're not okay with it. So it's like you're always gonna have that audience out there that's just not gonna accept that. And uh yeah, I don't know. I think the real thing you need to do is not necessarily go by AEW's playbook, but I think you need to have hard physical matches. I think they need to look like they're, you know, a brutal type match sometimes, like the one we got with FTR versus the Briscoes. Um, and I, not always, not everybody needs to, but I think you need to have those type of matches. And I think you need to kind of go as much as you can with the promos. You know, if you have to talk a little trash or you, whatever the case may be, if you have to say a couple of cuss words here or there, if you have to um, do certain things, like I think that those will always catch people's interest. But like I say, you just kind of have to be careful with what you watch. And it's not really about even the audience. That's what's so frustrating is like, people that don't even watch wrestling will find out stuff that's going on in wrestling just because of social media now and then be like, uh-uh, no, 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 you can't say that, you can't do that, like, hell no. And then it's just like causes a stir because then they get their friends involved and then it's just like this, that's what it says, it's called the mob. Um, and uh, like, it's like a Stone Cold, like you could never, you know, do what Stone Cold was doing. Uh, oh, in or outside of the ring, like if you like the Deborah oh, stuff sure. would have gotten blown up way more nowadays than it way did. Way more. It's actually surprising he isn't canceled nowadays. Like over I agree, stuff, to be honest. And I'm not like but calling for canceling people. I'm just saying, right? Like, like I've there, well, I, I've I mean, people have done less than been canceled. I'm just saying we're we're about to talk about Ric Flair's uh, last match in this thing too. And I mean, yeah, that I felt like that guy was as good as gone. Like they yeah. they were after him. And it's like he he made it through, so um, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the super chat. I, I just I think that they're gonna be definitely pigeonholed to what they can do. Um, but I'll say this: like with the network on Peacock, and and then like them doing the stadium shows more, and then they're doing Saturday pay per views. They might be able to do things that we never thought were possible in pro wrestling by just doing like different things like that. I could see like just from a business aspect being more innovative and doing more uh, things that just are totally like way off of their radar. Uh, maybe they cancel house shows. I think that that should be something they should be looking into. I think house shows are a waste of time and it's also good mental health for their pro wrestlers. It also doesn't allow as much beating on their bodies um i'm sure they really need to look at the whole business structure and decide what they want to do yeah 
So, with that being said, um, what topic should we go into next? Since I brought it up, let's go ahead and just talk about this. Um, yeah. Ric Flair's last match. Mm-hmm. So, I'll say this. And if you guys haven't watched this stuff, you're missing out on some really good stuff. This buildup has been really good. I don't know if you've watched any of this stuff, Stephen. I haven't watched it yet. I've seen a couple of short clips, oh. but, I've, but I've seen, like, it's been popping up on my YouTube feed. I was actually planning on watching, like, the whole – I saw there's, like, a series of YouTube videos. Yes. I was going to yes. watch them all, uh, like, before watching the show. I just haven't seen them all yet. But I, I saw, like, Ric Flair get beat up by Jeff Jarrett, like, bleeding all over, like, in, like, a parking lot, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. So, so what's great about it is, is it, it first – the first episode just really talks about Flair's surgery and it shows pictures. Like it shows him having staples all the way up his abdomen, like in real bad shape, him in the hospital bed with like just mouth wide open and just in really bad shape. Mm. Um, all that stuff. And then it shows him like going to lethal's training place. And then like him training, they're having the best time and everything's great. And he gives like lethal some money, you know, here you go, champ, everything's fine. And then like lethal just says like, you know, I'm just wondering like, is there, is there a place on the card for me? And then Flair is just like, huh, come on, man. Like you're, you're a guy that opens the show. Like, let's just be honest. And lethal is just like, "Uh, okay. And he's like kind of heartbroken. And then like, Flair just basically like looks insulted that he would even think he belongs on that show. And so then he leaves and it shows Jay lethal after he leaves and lethal takes his water bottle and like throws it up against the wall and he's pissed off. So then the next day, like Flair has a press conference, um, like to promote the match. Of course he's late. Jeff Jarrett's there. There and that's just them talking about the event. Jeff Jarrett hasn't even said like he's gonna be involved in the match. And then like Flair just takes digs at Jarrett. Like, hey Jarrett, you and your old man, I got you two front row seats for the event. Ha <laughs> you know, and like you can tell Jarrett's pissed off, but he's trying to be professional about it. So, like after the press conference, um Rick Flair is heading to his car. And Jay Lethal is waiting for him outside by his car. And he confronts him and says, like, you know, you embarrass me. You don't talk to me like that. And then he punches Flair, like, in the side where he's had his surgery at. And he just starts beating up on Flair. And then Jeff Jarrett comes to, to like, help him out because Lethal has been beating the crap out of him. And then uh, Ric Flair's like, don't touch me. Like, F you and your old man. You leave me alone. And then Jarrett snaps, asks for Karen Angle's high heel, and then busts it open over Flair's head and, like, makes him bleed, and they both beat the crap out of him. So then that's when Andrade has now been brought in to help fight him off uh, to to beat Jarrett and Lethal. But it's been, like, really good, like, really good quality storyline buildup. And uh, I I still am not uh, loving the idea of Ric Flair wrestling at all. But – I, I think it is, uh, it's been a really well-done documentary series that they did. The build-up's good. And the card is really pretty damn good. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, 
this is a, this yeah, is a good comment too. Like this is this is probably true. A player gonna hit a Canadian destroyer on someone. Right. Um, tight, tight, tight. Yeah, I don't know if that's a Tuco Salamanca reference or not. But, um, I'm sure it is. Let's see. Have so you watched Better Call Saul, by the way? Because it's been incredible. I don't know if you. you know, what, what is that? What is that? Isn't that like a, a spinoff off of something else? It's a prequel to Breaking Bad. See, I've never watched Breaking Bad. Oh so my god, Doug! Like, oh can't. my god, Doug! You I haven't know. watched Cobra Kai, no, don't dude. No, me, no, okay? no. Breaking Bad is like arguably the best show ever, like legitimately. I mean, like, and, I, and I and I really don't watch anything but comedies, and like even me is like, like yeah, Breaking Bad was. Everyone says Yellowstone's really great too. I need to check that out. But when when I got to, I I just can't get into shows like for a long period of time. Like if you've got a series that's like eight to 10 episodes, I can watch. But like if it's like 60, 70, I just get bored and I'm like, I'm done. Breaking Bad's maybe like 50 or so episodes. It's It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Like, yeah. Anyways um yeah everyone in the chat saying watch freaking bad yeah no it's anyways i've heard it i've heard yeah. it. i'm it's not out of the question it could happen see like what's happening um, right now is better call saul only has three episodes left so now like yeah. we're getting some overlap with what happened in breaking bad and some and there's also el camino which was the movie based on one of the main characters right after the events of breaking bad so there's this whole like universe they've built and rumors about other characters getting their own spin-off shows potentially and stuff um, anyways, um, we got another super chat too. I don't know. We can talk more about Rick Flair's last match though. I, yeah, I, I was just going to go over the, I was just going to go over the card, let everyone know what it is. So it's killer cross versus Davey boy Smith jr. It's uh Ray Phoenix versus bandito versus Laredo kid versus Taurus. It's Rachel Ellerling versus Jordan grace versus Deanna Perrazzo. It is Rin Narita versus you, Yamore, I can never pronounce his name, yeah, but Yamore. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricky and Carrie Morton versus Brian Pilmer, Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. They have the Bunkhouse Battle Royal, which is supposed to have Bully Ray in it. I know that. Um, the uh, the American Wolves, the Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards versus the Motor City Machine Guns. You have the Briscoes versus the Von Erics. You have a four corners match of Jonathan Gresham, Nick Wayne, Alan Angels, and Takeshita. And you have the main event, looks like before the semi main event, is Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. So all different companies New Japan, AEW, Impact, they're all involved in this thing. MLW. So it's kind of a big forbidden door type event. It's way better than I expected. Uh, you'll have the SummerSlam crowd there as well, so they'll be pretty into it. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that uh, it's really not that bad of a deal. If you guys actually want to order the show, I don't blame you. There's some really good stuff, and I think GCW's card is actually back to where it's like really good too. So. Um, uh, star power wise, if that's what you're right for, there's got John Moxley versus Blake Christian. Um, there's some other really good matches on there as well. So, uh, the whole weekend should be a pretty good time. I saw who did Jordan Oliver just get announced against? Did you see? I, I, it would look, it was a big match. So I can't, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Jordan Oliver, um. 
I just I saw I remember seeing a match announcement earlier. It might have been yesterday or the day before, but I remember being like, "Oh yeah, that's going to be a good one." Oh yeah, Jordan Oliver's uh, Jordan Oliver versus Bandito. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, good stuff. I think Oliver's so, like I think he's going to be. I, that's what I would do personally. Is like I'd have Oliver beat Moxley. He'd be the one eventually. Um, personally, they've, they've been the problem is. That just can't happen until he loses that AEW title. So I mean, I oh think no, I'm not saying it has to happen. Safe. Sure, and no, I think, no, I'm I think just he's saying over Blake Christian and and yeah, no, yes. I, know, I I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I think I think they've been doing a good job slow building Jordan Oliver. If he beats Bandito, that's like that's a real like vote of confidence that I think he's gonna he could be that guy. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Sure. GCW's got a great show and. Uh, Oh yeah, if I, if I was in Nashville, I'd go to Ric Flair's last match in in person for sure. Yeah, and like I said, you're going to see a really good card that has nothing to do with the main event. So I mean, that's 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 pretty good. Like like I almost feel like if Conrad and Jeff Jarrett were going to run a promotion, like this is the type of card that you would see. This is the type of wrestling that you would see. Way more serious base, way more old school base. I think a lot of people want. Um, not necessarily saying those matches, but the kind of the way the buildup of this show has been, things like that. I think that that's kind of what you would see. Um, so it's just interesting to get another perspective on pro wrestling. And, and like I said, I hope it does well. I can't remember if I asked you this or if I asked Jeremy this or if I asked both of you. But, okay, let's say hypothetically speaking, Flair survives the match, like legitimately like, survives. It isn't – it's actually pretty decent, like – like yeah. Andrade does most of the work, but like Flair's competent in there and he does the spots that we we expect to see from Ric Flair and he's strutting around, he's got the robe and whatnot. And he's moving around better than we expected to see. What is your percentage of him wrestling again, like going forward after that? Like what percentage would you say he keeps wrestling if this goes like okay for him? I don't think it'll be an AEW or WWE. Let's just say that. I don't think it'll be an impact, but like, could it be one of these one-off events? Could it be somewhere like in Australia where they want to book him and he still wants to wrestle? Then yes. Yeah. Like NWA, something like that. NWA. I I think that's definitely possible. You do like a Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona versus Ric Flair pay-per-view on NWA. And I can see them doing that. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's like like 80 percent that like he'll wrestle again. Like if he, I just don't, I just don't think if if it goes well, why would he quit? Like I'm not saying he, sh- no, he I know definitely should yeah, quit. I know what you mean, but like that. this guy, this guy can't walk away. He just can't do it. And if yeah. somebody's willing to pay him and book him, like I just I don't see him walking away. I I, I was listening to Ric Flair. I think it was with Chris Van Vliet. He was talking about Vince retiring, and. Rick was like, oh, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And I was real bummed out that he's retiring and all. I love Vince, you know, so on and so forth. But one of the things that I, I that like caught my attention, he was like, he's like, I mean, but, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll adapt, you know, he'll, he'll figure it out, I, you know, he'll, and I was like, you, like you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what right. kind of advice is that? Like, like you saying that is like means nothing because like you clearly could never just, become just like a civilian like you always had to be rick flair and now you're wrestling again at 
what 77 years old or whatever he is yeah i mean uh i think he's 73, 73. vince is 77 that's, that's why, why i'm getting to like, 77 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but still 73 i mean let's go come on you know but once again if no one near him no one close to him is going to stop him and i'm i'm okay with him doing it if he really wants to do it i'm I'm very pro adults not telling other adults what to do and how to live their life. Like if Rick player wants to do this and people want to watch it, I'll watch from home. You know, and like I said, I'd watch live if I was in Nashville. I just really hope things go okay for him because I don't, I would get literally no joy at all seeing something really bad happen to an old man that I really admired for so much of my life. You know, all the, but, all but the, let's say this, let's say this, let's say Rick dies. Right. Let's just hypothetically, let's just say it happens. Uh-huh. Like, like in the ring. In the ring. Like uh-huh. he's in wrestling and then he ends up his heart goes out, he dies in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, is it is it as tragic as you would think? Because this is what he wanted to do. He was willing to take this risk, and there really is no alternative for this man. Like, he's not it's not like it's just I just wanted to get this done and then I'm just going to be retired. I'm going to live my life at my house and go nowhere and I'm not going to do any more appearances and I'm just over it. Like, no, he will be in another rap video. He will be at all these autograph signings and then he will be around these wrestling events and he'll get the itch and he'll want to do it again. So it's like if the worst thing that happens is Ric Flair passes away in the ring, as bad as that sounds, like even I've accepted that because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, no, I I totally get where you're coming from. I just think it's that would be very traumatizing for like the fans witnessing it as for well. Sure. You know what I mean? Like as much as he might want that, like I don't want that to happen, even if that's what he wants, because that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want, want it to that. happen. Trust yeah. me, I don't no, want no, to no, happen, no, no, and no, I, I, and I don't mean. want like Conrad to deal with a bunch of shit, and everybody's like saying you should have stopped him. How dare you? This is your his blood is on your hands, and all this other craziness. I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things that, like, if you're buying a ticket to this show, if you're ordering this pay per view, you need to understand the reality of the fact that this man might die in the ring. It's possible. It's not saying it's likely, but it is possible. Yeah, no, I I totally totally get where you're coming from, and yeah, I just hope it goes well for him. As as much as like the outside of the ring stuff, like you know, affects his legacy to whatever degree it does. You know, I'm not I'm not like supporting doing the things you know that he's a lot of stuff he's done in his past, and but it's one also one of those things where like I have a lot of respect for that guy, just like I did. I have a lot of respect for Vince. And so it's one of those things where it's, it's weird because you kind of had to really separate. Now, when it comes to like someone like Ben wall, right. I can just, I can just be like, okay, this is, that was so bad that like, it's, I can't put you in conversations about wrestling. Right. It's just like, right. But when it's like this other kind of stuff, it's super disappointing. I don't like it, but it's also like, it's hard for me to still, see someone like Ric Flair and not be like, this guy is like a literal, like living idol. And like, it's also kind of sad when all these people, whether it's right or wrong or just or not, it's just, it's also a little sadder when you see it happen to these guys when they're so old, it's it's almost like they can't defend themselves. Like we were talking about with Vince. It's just like, uh, you know, maybe this is exactly what they deserve to get. Maybe they had this coming, but also at the same time, it's like, I also kind of wish it would have, this would have happened like years ago. And like, 
when they, you know, it, it just makes it even the, even the sadder when you're just like, damn. And now it's like old, sad Ric Flair. That's like still out there wrestling. Cause he just can't get it out of his system and got pacemakers and health problems and women are accusing him of stuff that he probably did, you know, but like he did it so long ago that like, it's just kind of, it's almost just kind of a non-issue at this point, but it's like, it's going to affect how people view him. And it's like, it's, so it's, it, it's, you know, it, it's just tough to see for a lot of reasons when you see kind of your guys that are kind of your heroes, man. You're just like, yeah, like, you know, like it just, well, it's just it, sad it, that Rick said the point where he feels like he needs to keep doing this. I wish he could, he could have found fulfillment in his life outside of wrestling, but he could. Well, and like you, he had such an amazing send off after WrestleMania 24. Like that, well, that should have been it. Like that was, and then he went to TNA and then he did the, like I said, the Australia thing with Hogan yeah. and all this other stuff. And it's like, he just, he won't let it go. And I mean, there's just certain people like that. Like you, it's hard to walk away. And I, I, I get it. So part of me is very torn. Like, do I want to support him and watch this or do I just want to not support it? And then if I see it, I'll see it. But like, I'm not going out of my way to give it my money because I, I don't necessarily want to support him doing this because it's almost kind of like giving money to a drug addict and you just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation. Um, but at the end of the day, man, he's going to do what he wants to do. And if people are going to be willing to pay to see it, then, but I do think part of the draw is this is supposed to be his last match. So like if Ric Flair was just on the card, I don't know how much he would draw, but the fact that like, this is supposed to be the one, this is the one to say goodbye and all that, then, that's what makes you kind of want to go ahead and watch it for one last time. I think you can't sell this is his last match again, right? So right. if he's going to be on the card again, it's just like Ric Flair's on the card. But, um, yeah, I think I think this – this and, and I'm, I'm hoping personally that, like, whatever happens, that what it, Flair just thinks that, like, look, I, I made it through, but, like, I'm not what I used to be. It's, it's obvious – so I'm just going to hang it up and move on. And hopefully he, he feels that way. Yeah. I hope if he goes out there and let's see, here's the thing. He might go out there and be styling and profiling and moving way better than we expect and do the Woo! flop off the top rope and be hitting nice chops and hit a nice figure four and whip out a random Canadian destroyer and here's six one nine somebody. I mean, who, who knows, who knows what we might see out of Ric Flair or it might be like a Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz type scenario where Chuck Liddell goes out there and looks so bad that like it tarnishes his legacy. And then you see the saddest thing to me about that whole scenario, that whole fight with, with Tito, the third one was Chuck afterwards doing interviews. And this is what I fear for Ric Flair. Chuck afterwards was like, yeah, I felt real good in there. I was, I, I was, I was looking good. I was yeah. throwing good combos. Like I just got caught. And it's like, no dude. I had him in effing... danger. Yeah. 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 But it's like, no dude, you blown out. Like, like, this isn't like you, you suck. Like this was embarrassing, you know, but, but, if you, he, but if in you his own mind, the, he, couldn't, uh, he couldn't see it, you know? But if you watch that 30 for 30, like it shows him sitting at home watching that fight and you could just see the devastation in his face that he realized right then and there, like, I suck. Like I'm not, I'm not what I thought I was at all. So yeah. 
hopefully it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, you feel it, but then you go back and watch it, and you're probably like, oh, man, that was rough. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, we have Super Chat from Vincent Valentine. Appreciate it, man. Thanks you for the Super Chat. It says, does WWE get involved in the Forbidden Door with Vince gone? Um, my personal feeling is I, anything's possible, right? My only thing is, though, if you do this, there is nothing left, right? <laughs> like, if you have a super show with AEW or whatever, like, what, what else is left? There's nothing to ever dream about, to ever hope to see. Like, that's it. And then how big is the rivalry if they're working together? You know what I mean? So I'm not sure on that. Yeah, I mean, I always bring this this up when it came to Triple H with NXT and the idea of the Forbidden Door. I always bring up how he brought in Jushin Liger from New Japan to wrestle Tyler Breeze at that NXT yep. TakeOver. And, like, I think Triple H has always been interested in something like that with a talent, some sort of talent exchange I deal with other companies and working with other companies. Um, and it's really evident that he, like with all the people he was signing, especially early on with NXT, um, like the black and gold on, on the network, just going out and finding all the best indie talent from all and best talent from, you know, internationally and stuff. And so I think triple H honestly would want in on something like this. I really do. Um, to some degree. I mean, and here's the yeah. other thing too. And people know I'm a big Cody Mark, but like, they have, I mean, if the, if WWE wanted to do business with AEW right now, and Cody could just call Tony Khan directly and just be like, hey, like, this is what kind of Triple H is thinking about doing. And, like, I mean, this, like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys could probably work, you know, Cody could be kind of a bridge there for a lot of stuff. And I also think he could be helped creatively, too. Like, I don't think he wants to be an EVP in WWE or anything like that, based on what he said about wanting to just be a wrestler right now, but you have access to a guy who was, who was helping write your competition. Like if you want to be more like what AEW is, just literally ask Cody what they were doing differently than what the WWE does and maybe take some of those ideas. You know I mean? Yeah. So it's uh well, like how crazy, how crazy would it be if like Cody just showed up on dynamite for like revenge? Yeah. Oh my God. That'd be so awesome. Oh my God, dude. And then like, it's and so then like, awesome. Ricky Starks comes out to save somebody from AEW and then he turns on him and joins Cody and like heads to WWE or MJF or whatever the case. Like there's so many different angles that you could do. Uh, maybe like the Undisputed Era shows up in WWE, you know, and with that music and everything because they were that group. Like they could do things like that. They could get the internet buzzing and then people would not know what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that like the competition aspect. I get what you're saying there. That that's part of like what could be maybe part of the part of an, an issue potentially. But at the same time, like for WWE, like if you're working together, you can just make everything better all across the board. Like, like I don't think WWE would slow down or be in like trouble just because AEW is also thriving more by association like the gap is still pretty massive between like globally brand like brands of AEW and WWE. Like it's, you know, I don't think WWE really has anything to worry about as far as like going out of business or anything like that. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where at this point they can help other companies and other companies can help them. Like 
they need help getting the 18 to 49 back. There's no better way to do that than get some, some people that, you know, from other companies to, to jump in. I mean, get a deal, get something going with new Japan. If you don't want to do something directly with like American competition, like AEW, like get something worked out to, you know, have Okada wrestle, you know, somebody on in WWE TV or something. You know what I mean? Like you, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can do. And I feel like triple H will definitely be open to, to being a part of this. I just don't know to what, to what degree. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I have to imagine he'd be open to it. But I mean, he was part of that DX truck and going into nope. WCW and let my people go. Like imagine if WCW would open the doors and let him in, like we could see something like that. So I think, um, I, I, I don't think it's out of the question. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to the changes though, potentially. I think that'd be, uh, that'd be badass. I love that idea though, of like Cody showing back up on AEW TV and be like, Oh my God, (laughs) this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Where are the EVPs? You know, he's he's got the WWE, uh, old school title, you know, be wild. Be cool though. Um, Cody won an SP, yeah. by the way, which is cool. So he, he, I heard him say that uh, next year he has a good way of winning another SP, and I think that's going to be becoming WWE champion. So, right, yeah, yes, that is true. They did work with ECW at one yep. point. E- ECW was never as big as w- uh, AEW, though. I mean, granted, like they did decent pay per view buys and sold tickets and stuff, but never at this level that what AEW is. So it's it, like I said you are kind of helping your competition by getting more eyeballs on it. So that's what you'd have to be a little bit worried about. But if you're confident in the product that you deliver, then why not? Right? Exactly. Um, Let's do this. So I thought this was a good show. Um, I was getting concerned by the time that Dragon Lee and Roosh started and then I thought Dragon Lee and Roosh really brought it, and I thought that that really helped the pay-per-view. And then I was really happy with Samoa Joe and Lethal, and I i mean, FTR and Briscoe's like, my God, like these guys are just awesome together. And it was such a different match and so great still. Like, both are great, and people ask which one's better, but, like, so many different stories behind each one. Like the first one was like, people were just marking out because they, it was, it was happening and they couldn't believe it was happening. They were just happy. Like you had the crowd on their feet, giving standing ovations and going crazy before they even touched in the first one. And this one was more so like, okay, let's see if it can be it live up to that hype of the first one. And I don't think the crowd was into it as much as it was in the first one, but they earned it later on and it, it, it build and build and build. And uh, it was just a fantastic match. So good. But uh, I thought Gresham and Claudio was weak. I did not like that match very much at all. It really kind of felt to me like Wardlow MJF vibes, like Gresham wasn't really into it. He's just going in there to job basically. And that's kind of how it came across. And then I thought Garcia and Yuta, like, that should have went way longer. Uh, I only one rope break on the pure title match, and then he beat him with a roll-up. And I don't know. Those guys are young. I really felt like they were going to go to war. 
But it really felt like Tony really wanted to stick to that three-hour mark, and that's exactly how long his pay-per-view was, was three hours. So all those people that said, like, I want shorter matches, I'm tired of these long pay-per-views, I personally would have preferred a longer pay-per-view. I would have loved uh, Gresham and Claudio to have been a lot longer, and I would have loved for uh, Garcia and Yuta to have been a lot longer. So uh, overall, I thought it was a it was very good because of those three matches that I named, but it could have been great, and I didn't think it was great. I think Ring of Honor pay-per-views need to be great for people to really buy into the brand. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was a, a really good pay-per-view as well. Um, you know, one other thing that happened on the show that was very uh, strange was how Prince Nana now just owns or took a, or bought uh, Toy Blanchard Enterprises. So now he's controlling um, Brian Cage and uh, the Gates of Agony, which is probably a better fit, anyways, than Tully Blanchard. For being honest, like, I that was a- I totally agree. I I love I love the Prince Nana thing. It was yeah. really weird. This whole thing has been weird, though, right? Like Tully Blanchard, all of a sudden, Jonathan Gresham turns heel, goes with Tully Blanchard. Now Tully Blanchard's out of the mix. Now Jonathan Gresham's upset. Like just kind of like what like i thought if anything jonathan gresham with prince nana made sense um so yeah i I don't know i'm not i'm not even feeling the group at all like i don't think that that tag team works with brian cage and like it's just it just seems kind of thrown together so yeah I, i feel the same exact way um you know i it's not i the opening match uh of the pre show cabana beat anthony henry and I saw that Anthony Henry tweeted out, I think it was yesterday, tweeted out that he doesn't have to think about retirement anymore. Like that, like, I, I guess he's signing somewhere and I'm assuming it's probably Ring of Honor slash AEW. So I'm yeah. happy for Anthony Henry because he really deserves that. Um, That's good. I uh, I really like the Trustbusters as a tag team. I like Davari and Slim J. I've, I've been a Slim J fan for like decades, but it's cool to see him back in Ring of Honor, but um, and I really like Ari Davari as well. He's not just Ari Davari, but uh, you know, because I covered when when it was a show, two hundred five live, uh, for Fightful, I would watch him often on that show and always be like, this guy's actually like way better than people are giving credit for, and so it's 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 good to see those guys. Uh, you know, I think because they've been popping up on AEW as well as a team, um. And like it was cool seeing the GCW guys who have you know ties in Ring of Honor as well, but Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Depp and teaming up on the show was pretty cool to see. Um, but I'm with you, man. Like I thought Claudio and, and Gresham was a little underwhelming. Uh, I thought FTR and the Briscoes was fantastic. I mean, that was de- that was by far a match of the night for me. I was uh, bummed that Serena Deeb didn't win the women's championship. Uh, I wish she would have beat Mercedes Martinez. I thought Russian Dragon Lee was great. That was probably my second favorite yes. match of the night. Loved it. Yeah. Um, Yudan Garcia was a little underwhelming too. I wish it would have went longer as well. Um, I had really high expectations for that. It it doesn't seem like that's over. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. I think we're so, going to Because you do have kind of some restrictions when it comes to the pure match as well. Like Yeah, which yeah. maybe makes me feel like the next time they wrestle, it's going to be like no rules or something to that extent or where maybe just a straight up wrestling match. Like I'm a sports entertainer. I'm not doing this crap, you know, like something like that, that they might try. 
Yeah, I see people in the chat saying uh, how much you love Dalton Castle. It's funny because I don't like Dalton Castle either. Like, I mean, don't Dalton agree on that. Castle sucks. <laughs> I will say this though, dude. Like, if you've ever met him live, like, just the guy lives the gimmick like nobody's business. So it's like, like I've seen him just be the most goofy. Like, if you ever get a picture with him, he always does different poses. God, I remember we were at a ROH show in Houston and there was nobody in his line. And he totally just like in full character starts talking to the security guard and just tells him about his boys and all this stuff. And I mean, I am dying laughing. Like he's a highly entertaining guy. I think he would be a great manager. I just don't like him as a wrestler at all. And I don't think the gimmick works. I hate the trios titles in Ring of Honor because they don't have a lot of trios. That's why it never worked. Like you could do so many trios in AEW, but in Ring of Honor, it is very few and far between. And I'll say this though, I'm kind of glad they won because the team that had it is worse than them. So I, I just, <laughs> it, it's like, okay. And I honestly feel like whoever wins this, is going to beat like whatever Tony decides to do with his trios title, they're going to beat Dalton Castle and the boys. I don't think this is a long term thing at all. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, so you know, it was reported, um, I think it was first reported by Fightful, I'm pretty sure, um, that Jonathan Gresham essentially like wanted out of WWE or sorry, wanted out of Ring of Honor and AEW. And he got in a, uh, like, he, like, cussed out Tony Khan, apparently, like, face-to-face. Uh, -face. Um, I mean, I don't really know exactly what to make of all that, if I'm being completely honest. I like Jonathan Gresham. I think he's a really great in-ring wrestler. Um, yeah. it, it is one of the, I mean, I, I hate being that guy who, who points out the obvious, but, like, I watched this match with some with some friends that don't watch this. This is what I'm wrestling. talking about. I know exactly and, where you're going, and I and, get the same thing. Yeah, the the yeah, you, the height thing is, like, it really, it really, really threw my, my buddies off that don't watch often. Um, Thank you. Um, which, no, I mean, I, I knew that was the case, but, you know, I can I can overlook it because I'm, you know. I, I can, too. But, 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 no, I know it is, like, even but my like, brother was like, whoa. If, if you're Tony Khan and you have Cesaro – and you have Jonathan Gresham. Like it's a, it's an obvious pick who you're gonna pick if you're picking like the rebranding of Ring of Honor. Like that's that's the unfortunate part. But like I have guys in group chats that are just like giving AEW a chance, but they haven't watched a lot of wrestling. They're not pro wrestling fans. They're either AEW fans or they'll watch WWE, but it has to be mainstream for them to watch it. They're not watching Impact. They don't give it. They didn't give a damn about Ring of Honor. They don't watch New Japan. But they watch AEW or they'll watch WWE. And they kept hearing things about Jonathan Gresham. And the moment that they actually saw the guy wrestle, they couldn't believe how short he was. And that's just part of it, right? Um, so so I think that that's definitely been an issue. Yeah, and the, the unfortunate thing is there's nothing you, there's nothing that we done about that. I mean, he's a great in-ring wrestler. And tight, 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 yeah, uh, says... Uh, people need to stop comparing Gresham to Mysterio. I mean, I wouldn't compare those two directly for anything other than the size discrepancy that they had with like their opponents. Like Mysterio is obviously at a, I mean, 
Mysterio is arguably, depending on who you ask, there's probably plenty of people who would say Rey Mysterio is the best wrestler of all time. Most people would say the best luchador at the very least of all time. Um, I think he's greatest high flyer, like, all time wise. I mean, I think he's been surpassed in certain aspects of, like, the innovativeness by, like, a Ricochet or Osprey. But, like, if you're just going to talk about, like, a full body of work and how much he innovated the style in his whole career, like, that's why he goes down as the go. Yeah, and even guys like Bret Hart will be like, yeah, Rey Mysterio is, like, the best of all time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's... um, And also, if you bought a ticket, like, even when I didn't really care about ring quality, right? When I was watching, when I ordered WCW to see who was going to get the upper hand, NWO or WCW on pay-per-views, when I would see if Hogan would uh, retain his title or get his belt back or whatever, I would always mark out for a Rey Mysterio match. Like, it's just guaranteed I knew I was going to get something really cool. So he's – and, and like, someone like Gresham, he's a much more technical style. It's not as exciting. It's not as flashy. It's not the same thing. Um, I I think that that's a problem. So – yeah yeah so i I don't i so i'm interested to see where this goes with because like my thing is like just kind of looking at the whole spectrum of this with gresham like okay so whatever for whatever reason unhappy with with tony khan AEW, and ring of honor i'm assuming because he lost the belt in a fairly short match to a guy who he probably didn't want i don't think he has anything personal against claudio it's just like you know, well, keep in mind, keep in mind he, this argument between him and Tony supposedly took place before the pay per view, right? So right. he was he was already upset by him turning heel. He was already upset by like the creative decisions that were going on, and I thought it was very odd when I heard the interview with him when he said that he hasn't even really talked to Tony since being in AEW. I was like, man, he sounds pretty pissed off. And so they said that he went into that that meeting with him already really pissed off. And I guess when he explained why he was upset and what he didn't want to do. And Tony was like, I want to do this instead. He flipped out after that. So. So, well, I mean, we'll see, because the thing, the unfortunate thing for him is like, okay. So if you burn the bridge with AEW and ring of honor, it's very unlikely WWE is going to be interested strictly because of his height. Like it doesn't matter how good in the ring he is. I I don't, I just don't see them being interested because of his height. Um, It's unfair, but I just think it's the the truth. Um, Impact wrestling is like, you know, that's cool. Like maybe new Japan is like maybe something he would need, need to do on a regular basis. Cause like Terminus is great, but that only is going to run, you know, a handful of times a year. So it's like, And even that's obviously that's not nearly on the same you know level you know of of an AEW like worldwide by any stretch. You know, I love Terminus. I go to the shows and everything, but like, you know, I can be realistic about that too. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Like best case scenario for Gresham is is going forward. I guess would be would be New Japan. I guess. Yeah, I, I was thinking at New Japan or Impact. I think either one of those will work. Um... You know, his wife's an impact. Right. Uh, I think that they could use the 
I don't necessarily say star power, but I think he's a name. I think people would be interested if he's on the card. So I, I, I think he would be good there. But I'll tell you this, man. Like, I don't think Tony Khan's the one you want to burn a bridge with. Like, I just think that's a bad idea. You know, the guy owns Ring of Honor. The guy owns AEW. Um, if you're not in with WWE, then you're pretty much blacklisted with only the smaller company. So I, I just don't know. I, I don't think he's handling this the best um, but I have no idea what was said or anything like that, but I will say this. I found it very interesting that he did not show up in his interest attire. He just showed up in a shirt. He didn't have his octopus mask on. Like he, he just came to the ring, did his job and left. It felt very much like MJF Wardlow. That's the vibe that I got for that. So, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll say this too. Like I've, I've been seeing a lot of people trying to push this narrative and I'm, I'm, I just think it has nothing to do with this. So it's my opinion only, but I don't think it has anything to do with race. I don't think Tony Khan has a problem with his race whatsoever. And I know people are still hung up on big swole, but I just think that at the end of the day, I think Jonathan Gresham views himself as a bigger star than what Tony Khan views him at. I just, I think that that's the honest truth. And I think that in ring of honor, if you're going to reimagine Ring of Honor and you have the option to have Claudio Castagnoli as your champion, you take that all day long. And I understand why he would be upset with that. But I'll say this. I think if anybody has a gripe of how he's been treated and how he's been used in AEW Ring of Honor, it's Brian Cage, man. Like I think that guy has a way better argument. And if he was a free agent, I would love to see him go to WWE. Because I think that they would use him way better. And I think that he's definitely more capable. I mean, that match between him and Adam Page at Double or Nothing was phenomenal. And he's had great matches before. He has the size. He has the look. And for whatever reason, like, Tony is just not a fan. Like, just, it's obvious. And so, I I think that uh, if anybody has a right to complain about how they were used, it, it, it's Brian Cage. Yeah, I think Ethan Page has a pretty good argument too. He's not not in Ring of Honor, but he's just one of those guys where I'm like, it's like he's like he didn't even sign. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's having so much fun that he doesn't care. But I think eventually that's going to wear off, and then it's going to be a problem. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. The Brian Cage thing. I mean, hey, who knows what the with the new Triple H regime, uh, the new the new Stephanie and Nick Khan regime. Um, I mean, if they don't test Brian Cage, he'd probably have a great career in the WWE. Um, yeah. If they test him, he's just not going to be able to work there. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry that I have to be so blunt, but I've never seen a more obvious user of performance enhancing drugs, I think, ever in in any kind of combat sport as as Brian Cage clearly is. Well, so, like, Tony Khan says they test their wrestlers. So there's no, see. no, like, oh, <laughs> no. Okay, hold on. No, I'm not going to like sit here. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, like, it's just – I mean, here's the thing. Most of the AEW roster doesn't really look that that huge to begin with. So, no. like, it's, that's, that's a believable thing. It's just – you can't tell me Brian Cage is not – I mean, I don't know what he's on, but he's not – that's not – He's on protein, normal. baby. Yeah, I mean, see, there are some people who are just physical freaks. That's a, that's a true thing. But I remember Brian Cage before he looked like that. See, that that's oh, I part. Know. See, that's part of the thing for me. Is there, like, there's PWG <laughs> footage out there with him without it. It's very, like, very obvious. Like, like, do y'all, do y'all think Drew McIntyre just like left it up to be the first time and just like 
he just if you think Jinder Mahal just left and just magically got that bit. You know what I mean? Like got spaghetti veins in his biceps. Yeah, I mean, some of them are just very, very obvious. There's certain guys, okay, like Brock Lesnar, we know he's done it because he's failed tests, but he's also a guy who was like always very big. You know what I mean? Like there Brock would get like unusually big sometimes where his like shoulders would go up like past his ears, but like you know, there are certain guys where you can believe they're just they're just big or thick guys, like um, like Cesaro. Like he might just be a super super fit dude because he doesn't yeah. look like unproportional. He's just very right. very strong and very lean and fit. But someone like Drew McIntyre, my brother, my brother was with me and I was watching like a WWE documentary or something the other day, and it was showing Drew McIntyre during his whole like chosen one phase. My brother yeah. had never seen that, but he knows he knows McIntyre is the COVID champ because he was, you know, the champion when there was no fans. And my brother like had to do like three double takes, and he was like, "That is that COVID champ?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Dude," he just busted out laughing because he was like, "Dude, this guy is huge now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know?" So it's they can say they're testing all they want to a degree. I mean, but it's also like, you know. There's all there's also stuff you can buy over the counter that isn't technically steroids that'll that'll still get you big and keep you pretty big and stuff. But there's also so certain body transformations to, that I just don't. I just that you wouldn't buy. be able to take if you were in a fight, but you could definitely take it being in pro wrestling. Right. And how often are you getting tested at the end of the day? Like, are you getting tested a right. couple times a year for this? Because like that's one thing. You just find out when the test's gonna be and just don't do it then. But like, right. Yeah, it's uh. I mean, yeah, TRT, that's a good a good call out by Chase Oliver. TRT probably, you know what? I have no idea what WWE or AEW's policy on TRT is, but that, I that would be, care. right, because that would be like the major loophole would be just have everybody on on test and uh, testosterone and just um, testosterone and like human growth. I have no idea what they're testing there, but like if you were taking any combination of like HGH and TRT, you wouldn't need like anabolic steroids. You'd, you'd be no. huge and yeah your body would be uh that's other th- these are the things where i wish people would would look more into this because with the right amount of this stuff something like hgh is a really good thing like these these guys would be able to recover so much faster without other prescription drugs if they could use some of these things but um but anyway that's a whole other conversation my my point is i think brian cage would have already been in WWE long ago if that wasn't a concern yeah Maybe. I mean, he he just recently was a free agent with Impact, and then he signed with AEW. And then by the time that he was a free agent again, they basically said that they're done with older wrestlers and independent guys. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, got a super chat from John Boyer. Appreciate that, man. Thanks for supporting the channel. Um, is there one talent, male or female, you think that Hunter will really try to push now that he has control? Also, what do you think – what do you think can get de-pushed? Also, those SDCC WWE Mattel reveals. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. A um, lot of good figures coming. A lot of, lot of stuff that's going to hurt my wallet. Uh, the Ultimates, for sure. Those are those are my weakness. Like, I, it's hard to pass on a good Ultimate. Um, was the Cody I got part of that, or was that just a separate thing for the yeah. Mattel creation? I mean, they revealed it at the same time, but right. it, it will be an ultimate. But like, they have a nice AJ ultimate coming out. They have, um, dude, they that have, AJ, uh, that WCW AJ is sick. Like, WCW I'm Legends AJ that. is sick. Yeah, 
Yeah, TNA all day there. Um, yeah. They have that Ultimate Warrior Ultimate that looks really good. They have a they have a lot of really good uh, Ultimates that are coming, so those are sick. Uh, they have a two pack old school Hogan and Terry Funk that looks pretty cool. Uh, there was there's some there was a Survivor Series that are pretty good that had the Ultimate Warrior that I really want, and it comes with the Rick Rude head. And you can do the build a figure on that set where you can have the old school Rick Rude where he was like with DX and then the NWO in the suit. So nice. that's pretty cool. Um, I really hope that they start making ultimates for WCW guys. I think yeah. that would be sweet. Like a like a WCW Booker T would be really cool. Um, but yeah, it's Scott Steiner, like a lot of the old school WCW Oof. dudes would be sweet. Don't get me excited over here. Love I'm telling you that this the but if they did that whole WCW entrance ramp thing that they did, like I could see them starting to branch out because there's only so many more WWE legends that they can do. There's only so many more Shawn Michaels and all these others that they can do. So I'm hoping that uh, we get those. That'll be awesome. The, the ultimate Hogan is, I think that's technically a WCW one. The, the NWO, NWO one. Yeah. But he's got the Boas, but like he did have those in WCW too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely WCW. Yeah. Because, oh, there's another one that's coming out with the four-pack of um, – the four of them, and then it was a build-a-figure Mean Gene, and it's Macho King and Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty Rhodes in the polka dot with the, the yellow shirt with the black polka dots, and then it's Hogan and Rock in, from WrestleMania uh, 18. So that's pretty sick. And then if you get all four of those figures, you can build a Mean Gene. So and I need a mean gene. So was I'll that WrestleMania? That WrestleMania nineteen? Because they had the no, nineteen was then... nineteen was Hogan and, and Vince. WrestleMania eighteen. Oh oh was oh, Hogan oh yeah yeah. Rock. WrestleMania eighteen was Hogan and Rock. You're right. You're right. I was I got it, that. I was thinking of Hogan and Austin for some reason. I mean, sorry, sorry. Hogan. Austin and the Rock never happened. Yeah, I yeah, mean Austin yeah, yeah, and the yeah, Rock. Yeah. I was thinking seventeen. That's nineteen 19 for those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nineteen. Yep. WrestleMania. Um, and 18. then also. Who do you think is a top guy that Triple H would want to um, to push, male or female? Um, I'll say this. I don't know how big of a fan Triple is of Roman. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't like him. I'm sure he likes him. But does he want to build the entire company around Roman? I'm not sure on that. I think Cody will get a real big push when he returns. I do, too. Monster. Um. I mean, I think guys like Kevin Owens have a way brighter future now. Yes, um, yeah, Finn Balor. that's a good one. That's a good one. AJ Kevin Styles. That's a good one. Yeah, I I could definitely see the Kevin Owens one, though. That one's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand two. that at all because, like, I mean, that guy, like, I thought for sure with the program that he had with Austin, he would have been just, like, right up there and – like it's not been that way at all. So yeah. that's 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 kind of shocking to me. Some and then other, a female. Oh yeah, I was gonna say some other guys real quick because like I I you know I think like like Ilya Dragunov I think could be big for them like when he comes back for injury like because I also got to start thinking like Triple H and with this link with Shawn Michaels because I'm sure Shawn Michaels will get more power too. Maybe, maybe so. Gunther. 
Gunther makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I saw. I think they. I think I saw something about that they're building towards Gunther versus uh, Nakamura right now, which I, I like the idea of that. If that is where they're heading, um, if they put enough time into Gunther, he could be a guy that's viable that could possibly beat Roman if they wanted to go that route. Yeah. So. So yeah, and, and then for the women, um, I think Bianca Belair will continue to get like big push. Um, yeah. I can see a big future for her. Um, I'd like to see Io Shirai, like if she's still in the company, I think she is. Right. Um, I'd like to see her get like a push on one of the main brands. I don't know but, what he thinks of Bailey, but she should be coming back soon. I could see her getting a big push. I'd imagine he likes her considering her time. In I NXT. think he likes her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I could see someone like Apollo Cruz or just someone like that, like having a way better shot now of like having a, a chance of doing something good going forward. Like really any of those guys at Triple H or guys or girls, the Triple H had an NXT that kind of got lost in the wayside. Like the people that he really trusts. I mean, Champa might have a good shot now doing something that matters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We got a super chat from Christopher Warden. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate supporting the channel as always, Chris. Um, evening, guys. I also think Gresham is very talented wrestling, but at 5'4", he has a certain ceiling he'll be able to reach. Just the unfortunate part of being in an image-based business. I'll tell you where it really stands out. Like, if you watch that Rampage graphic and they show the full body, and they had mm -hmm. him, like, in a tag team, and, I mean, he's, like, here, the guy's, like, here, his opponent is way up here, like, it is very noticeable. And he said that his mom is 4'10". So, like, it's definitely genetic. Um, it's unfortunate. I still think you could use him, though. I don't buy that. I just don't know if he could be, like, the head of the company. Like, I just – I can't I, – I just can't see that if you're trying to build it up as a bigger brand than what it was like it made sense when roh was more low-key and it's more to a niche audience but like you're trying to build this thing to be a bigger thing i i just don't see that and who knows like maybe he still would have got there if he would have just played ball with tony but like I, it just sounded like he wasn't even willing to play ball like he viewed it as a certain way and that's the way that it was going to be well, that's that's the side of it. I don't really want to speculate on because I really don't. Right. I don't. You know, I don't know. Like for all we know, Gresham has a really good reason why he was pissed. I mean, I, I right. don't. You know, but um, it's funny you said something without even meaning to just then. You said when ROH was a little more low key. Yeah, I, I just yeah. No, but no, you know what? Exactly. Yeah, I, I get it. Now. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. And I'm sure that him and Tony would have got along great. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Low-key. <laughs> I think there's a real good reason we haven't seen him in AEW. Um, Get your mark ass away from me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You pay me, but I'm not here to sign your autograph. <laughs> God, I can see that. Oh, man. Low-key. What a legend. Uh, yeah. There's a reason why they didn't call him to reenact the, uh, the uh, you know, when they did the Brian Danielson, Christopher, uh, the, yeah, Christopher Daniels match. It was also low key. It was in that match. They didn't call him to say, hey, you want to do a triple threat here? So, yeah, I can no. see that. And his time in WWE was very short, too. The whole cabal thing was like, I couldn't imagine what those conversations backstage were like. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. 
So let's go over uh, SummerSlam, and then we'll try to hit up UFC 277 real quick. Do you have the card up for SummerSlam? Uh, yeah, I'll pull it up. I completely forgot. I wasn't able to wrestle Rumble entry during the show. Um, we can still give one away. Um, we got plenty of super chats. So yeah, we got a lot of super chats. So if you if you sent any super chats in, um, we will get your names together before the end of the show, and I'll pick a random name off. Uh, it's like a random name generator. I'll put it up on the screen, and um, and yeah, you'll get a, a free entry to the Wrestle Rumble SummerSlam Pick'em Contest, which the prizes are. Uh, first place is going to get $500. Second place is going to get $300. And third place gets a mystery crate. Those mystery crates are usually badass. Like the, the random prizes that they'll send out to you, always uh, always really good prizes. So um, so yeah, if you send, we'll just do, if you send any amount of Super Chat, you'll get your name on the list once. But it's just an easier way since we're doing it uh, late. So yeah. Um, so yeah, you guys still have time to do that while we're while we're going over the SummerSlam card. Um, feel free to keep getting more super chats in. We'll put everyone's name with super chatted on a list, no matter what the amount was. We'll put your name on there, and um, I just need to be able to get you. Um, I need to be able to contact you after the show so I can get your email address. Um, so just know that if you win, we will try to contact you. If we cannot get in contact, if you if you miss the the drawing or we we can't get in contact, whatever the case. When you watch next week, I'll try to get you then and get you for the next Wrestle Rumble entry. Oh, uh, next Wrestle Rumble contest. I'll, we'll, we'll never forget about you if somehow we can't, you know, get your contact info. Um, anyways, awesome. the Sum- SummerSlam co- um, uh, SummerSlam card. Let me get that pulled up here. Let me get to the super chat real quick from Alexander Fitzgerald. Thanks, Alex. I really appreciate it again, as always, man. Thank you. Uh, Austin Theory was a Vince guy. Do you see him still being a top guy moving forward? Yes. Because he's young, and um, I think he has a lot of potential, and I, I think that he his character might get better now. That's my thing. Is I don't think that he was ever really the issue. I think his character's lame. So I could see Triple H really trying to get a better character for him, getting him more over, and uh, see where it goes. But they need a lo- they need young people to like where they can put in a good 20 years into them. You know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely see theory being one. I give him a first name, please though. Like there's just, nobody's going to just, it's just theory. I just don't think that works. I don't care if you call him all day theory or something, but he has to be something more than just theory. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that his push is in jeopardy. I like how Roman referred to that though on Raw. I thought that was dope, where he was like, "Your daddy's not here anymore." Yeah, I thought that was that was nice. And Roman, he's just Roman's just cool, man. Roman just knows his delivery is really good. He's a badass, um, and he's just so comfortable in what he's doing now, and it shows. So I'm I, I'm I'm really digging Roman's tribal chief run. From what I saw on uh, Monday when I was watching a little bit of Raw, he was the most over baby face on the whole show, too. <laughs> like, yeah. he came out and everyone's like, Roman, Roman. And I'm like, see, finally, they, they had, had y'all done this, like, why everyone was resisting it, you'd now be at the point where, like, he is your new John Cena as a good guy. But, 100%. Um, like, the people love him. And it's yeah. not even close. 
like being there at WrestleMania, it is just it was different, man. Like these people worship him. Like you know the the kid that tackled Seth Rollins and then said yeah. he did it for his tribal chief. Like there's yes. people like that all over that building. Like right. that's the type of dedication they have. They come to acknowledge him. They come to acknowledge their tribal chief. Like they love that guy. Yeah. Well, he's pretty bad. Got another. We got another super chat from Dirty. Thank you so much, Dirty. As always, I really appreciate it. Great guy in our community. Um, do you think it's more likely for O'Malley to beat Yawn or Diaz to beat Chimaya? That's a great question. Uh, I am shocked that O'Malley is choosing to fight Peter Yawn. I love it, though. I absolutely love it. And this is what I'll always say about up-and-coming guys. We have no clue how good they are till they get put into the fire. Like, we just don't know. Like, if he beats Peter Yawn, like, we're talking already in title contention. But if Yawn destroys him, then that's going to be the hype train is taking a serious backseat. And honestly, I feel like the UFC is kind of fed up with him. And that's why he is fighting Peter Yawn. Because I don't think you put him in there if you wanted to really build Sean O'Malley I don't think you put him in there with Peter Yan. This is almost the same thing as Nate Diaz going in there against Jemaya. This is a fight to kind of destroy credibility, in my opinion. So I would say to answer the question, I think it's more likely for Diaz to beat Chimaev, personally. Dude, I think it's oh, I gotta sneeze real quick. I was going to sneeze, and then right when I muted my microphone, I didn't sneeze. Um, that was perfect. Um, anyways, I I will be putting money on both of these fights, though. Um, I will be putting money on O'Malley and Diaz in a parlay. I saw some other fights that I was like, ooh, okay. Like, uh, I think uh, I think Dillashaw might be the underdog against uh, Aljo right now, potentially. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, for Which, sure. Like, I'll take Dillashaw. I'll take Dillashaw over Aljo. Yeah. That, that's, um, a, that's, a, that's a live dog. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There might have even been another one that was coming up soon that I was feeling kind of the same way about. But the 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 the, the it's I'll say this. I'm fine with Chimeo being the the favorite in the fight. I have no problem with that. Um, but if it was at like plus like you know 300 or whatever, Nate Diaz. It, or sorry, minus like 300 or whatever. But what for Nate Diaz, his opening line was plus 800 to win. Like that's insane to me that you would have Nate Diaz as that much of an underdog against a guy who he's, he's proven himself basically only against Gilbert Burns. I mean, he's destroyed other people, but like Nate Diaz, like I, I once again, Jamal being the favorite I'm fine with, but like Diaz being a plus 800 underdog like i'm definitely throwing some money on ideas with those kind of odds um and then o'malley i it's like you were just saying you know because i've heard people complaining about this fight making fun of this fight this is exactly what people have been asking for for years for for o'malley is like how would he do against a legitimate contender and if he can beat Pyrion, he's gonna get a title shot if he can't beat him depending on how bad it is you know now we'll know what level he really is at you know, I mean, it's and it takes balls if you're O'Malley to take a fight with Peter Yan. Like that's a that's I got to give O'Malley credit, and he's kind of in a no lose situation. Like I don't think many people are expecting him to beat Yan. So if he goes in there and beats him somehow, I mean, I think the only way he can win is he just has to 
use his his length and his distance and just somehow somehow piece up Jan on the feet. I just don't see that happening with Jan's boxing skills. But O'Malley, I mean, if O'Malley wins, once again, he's getting a title shot. And this is what people have been asking. They, they slow-built O'Malley for years, fighting kind of underwhelming talent, and people would always complain, when's he going to fight a real fighter? When's he going to fight a real fighter? Here yeah. it is. Yeah. We're going to see. Yep. So. I'm, I love the fight. I absolutely yeah. love the fight. If I had to answer your question, though, I would probably say Diaz beating Chimaev over um, O'Malley beating Jan. I, I, but I, I very much lean either way. I could change my mind on a dime on this one. Uh, O'Malley beating Jan, I don't think that's very likely either, but you just never know. But for me, like, can Chimaev like handle someone just talking crap? while he keeps coming forward like you know how gilbert burns was going after him imagine if gilbert burns was like talking mad crap to him at two because you could tell chamaya was kind of like dude why isn't this guy going away nate could do the same thing you start to get in his head and then he does that diaz stuff where it's just like pitter patter but it's annoying and then all of a sudden you get hit with power and it's like throws you off and and then, like, what is Chemayev's game plan going to be? Is he just going to try to take him down and smash? Is that going to leave him open to submission? Like, I just – I don't know, man. Like, um, it'll it'll be interesting. Let's just say that. that. That's my most – that's what I'm most interested in that fight, honestly, is is if and when Chemayev takes him down, like, Diaz is obviously very dangerous off of his back, and he will continue to talk, to talk trash off of his back, too. So, like – I, yeah, I'm once again, I, I I'm fine with Shamaya being the favorite. Like I know Dirty said um Burns is way better than Diaz. Sure, that's fair, but like my, my point was more like up until Burns, it was like Li Jing Liang and like guys that are good fighters, but not like title contender type guys. You can you can say what you will about Nate Diaz and his legitimacy or whatever, but he's very, very, very hard to finish. And he has great stand-up and really dangerous ground game. And it's against, it's against a guy who has less experience and usually wants to go for a takedown. So, like, we'll see. I mean, obviously, Chimeyev has a lot of power, but well, how many times will Diaz hit Chimeyev before Chimeyev can hit him once? You know, like, that's kind of the stuff that I'm interested in, you know? Um, yeah. And the way the UFC is looking at it 100% is – we're getting Chimaev's name out there by beating Nate Diaz. I mean, this is 100% the UFC wanting Nate Diaz to lose this fight. Um, but man, what if, what if Nate won this thing, put two middle fingers to the camera and said, Jake Paul, I'm coming for you. And just bailed, you know, like could happen. Crazy. Definitely yeah. could happen. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm done with this. Like I'm done with the UFC. Like F you, I'm out. Take care. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, you got the SummerSlam card pulled up? Yes, we will do this. Uh, we got maybe about 10 minutes or so. Um, yeah, so uh, I haven't looked at it yet until just now. Uh, I'm just going to go right off the bottom of the card and go yep. up. So uh, we have the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day, which is uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Which please tell me how they even have anything to do with each other. Because the last time I saw was Judgment Day attacked Edge. So, like, are they just upset that they attacked Edge, even though Edge was a bad guy? Like, that doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, no, so like Finn Balor turned out to be like, now he's their leader, I think. Right, I know that part, but like, why did the Mysterios get involved? Oh, I have no idea. I have no okay. idea at all. Um, um, I'm picking Judgment Day. Probably, well, I could pick the Mysterios because maybe Edge comes back out of like revenge. So I'll, I'll change my mind. I'm going with the Mysterios. Okay, I'm going to go with the Judgment Day because I think they'll, one of the two will pin Dominic. So I'm going to go with. Okay. Um, Logan Paul versus The Miz. I'm going Logan Paul all day. Hell yeah. Logan Paul, baby. It's everyday bro with the Disney Channel flow. There you go. <laughs> we got uh, Bianca Belair defending the WWE Raw Women's Championship uh, against Becky Lynch. Who do you have in this one? Oh, okay. I like that. They had a great WrestleMania match, so I'm down for a rematch. Um, you would kind of think Becky needs to win at this point because she keeps having these rematches with her. But to me, it makes more sense for Bianca to stay champion. I think Becky's going to find a way to win. Yeah, my gut feeling is Bianca. But like, also, I feel like Becky's been losing a lot in these kind of matches. But they've also done a really good job of making Bianca like very, very legitimate and credible as their champion. Well, and usually WWE booking, if you lose at WrestleMania and you get a rematch at another pay-per-view, then you usually get to win that one. So, Well, this is kind of based on what I think is going to happen in the other match. I'm going to say that Bianca retains in this one. And I okay. think Triple H sticks with her as like, we're going to keep running with you. Let's see where this goes. Next one we have, um, well, I'll just piggyback this because – so Liv Morgan defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. I think Ronda Rousey wins this thing right back. So I, th- I think that she wins. I don't. I don't think we get double title changes with the women. I think Ronda wins to, for the new champion. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think Ronda by submission. Um, we have Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. You got. This I like one. this match. I like um, this match too. You'd think Seth Rollins is going to win some at some point. <laughs> I don't know if he's just going to go undefeated, like not win one match the whole year or what, but uh, I'm going to go Seth Rollins. I'm going to go Seth Rollins also. Um, I'd like to see them really do more with Riddle. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I like because of how rarely I watch WWE pretty much once a month on pay-per-view or special a premium live event, I – I don't think I've seen Seth Rollins win a match in like at least a year. So it's been a while, man. Yeah. And to think all those suspense I had like for Cody and Seth, and it's like, yep, he's gonna lose. He loses all of his matches now. So because he lost to Roman at Royal Rumble, he's lost all the Cody matches. He basically loses every. He's lost the Money in the Bank match. Like he didn't win anything. So I don't yeah. know. And like, yeah, I'm gonna go Rollins as well. Just like he's got to eventually win. Um, we have the Usos defending the undefeated tag team titles against the Street Profits. And I don't know like how this happened or what the reason is, but Jeff Jarrett's a special ref. Yeah, I saw that too. I just think it's, funny. it's the stupidest, funniest thing. And he'll probably have like a, a bandage over his forehead because he'll blade in the, the day before or whatever. Uh, well, no, this is this is the day before their match because this is on a Saturday and the Ric Flair show is on Sunday. Okay, well, there you go. So never mind that. Um, 
God, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, SummerSlam's on uh, Saturday. So SummerSlam's going head-to-head with the UFC? Yeah, in the same city, like right of the street. Christ. Yeah, that's why they had to move Christ. to a smaller venue. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That was, that was I'm sorry. That, that was, was Vegas. For, that was for Vegas. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, but no, this is in Nashville. I forgot. Um, but still, like, they've got to learn. You can't book your pay-per-views the same time as the UFC. That's well, just dumb. Their their show might end by the around the time the UFC pay per view starts because it'll be a 10 p.m. pay per view start. So, so it'll be an hour. It'll be an hour into the pay per view when it ends. So I mean, you can catch the co main in the main event. You could probably get Derek Lewis fight as well. Like those three fights, probably what you get. We funny Vince was there. Yeah, Vince so, is at the UFC uh, instead. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how Jeff Jarrett got involved with this. Maybe it's because it's in Nashville and they just wanted to have UFCs in Dallas, Chase. <clears throat> I've looked um, at tickets. Like the best decent seats are like three twenty-five. I was like, uh, no, thank you. Chase said that uh, a Rift Flair and Kendrick Lamar. Ha- so I guess Kendrick Lamar is probably doing. Uh, He's probably doing Bridgestone Arena where the uh, where the Predators play on Broadway, I'm guessing, that night. Because Ric Flair's Nash- Nashville Municipal, which is also downtown. That's, like, down Fifth Street, like, all the way down, but still pretty close to – anyway, yeah, it, Nashville's going to be a madhouse that weekend. Like, I loved living there when I lived there, but, like, I after a while I started avoiding downtown, and, like, this is going to be – it's going to be – chaos in that city you know, people have a good time there but it's uh i'm just like a little too old to want to go go like that anymore i guess um i feel you and i had a free place to stay also someone i knew in nashville was like you can totally crash with me and i was like yeah i'd rather just watch ufc with my brother allegedly make some bets allegedly on the fights um just have a good t- you know enjoy enjoy my days off of work because uh you know don't get don't get too many of those i really enjoy the weekends now um yep for sure. All right, so I'm, I'm going to take the Usos. Okay. Uh, man, I feel like it's got to be the Street Profits at this point. Um, so, yeah. And, man, Montez has gotten so big. Like, that's yeah. a guy that could could be a singles guy, too. Like, whenever they're ready to break them up, I think he could be a future guy. I get the vibe that they're, like, kind of, like, trying to get ready for that. Yeah. Um, we Which have, probably will be champions, and then they'll lose the belts, and then they'll blame each other for it, and then they'll feud, and then he'll be on his own. Yeah, that sounds about par for the course. Um, we have Bobby Lashley defending the WWE United States United States Championship against Theory. This is a rematch from the last time I watched WWE which uh, saw Theory tap out to the Hurt Lock and then go on to become Money in the Bank winner later in the same show. Um, I'm going to take Lashley to retain here again. Yeah, I just don't know what they're doing with Theory because it seems like he's really motivated to cash in the money in the bank at the main event. He keeps coming out every week and letting them know that's what he's going to do. So uh, if he loses the U.S. title, then I kind of expect him to do that. Uh, and I don't know what will happen from there. Yeah, I you know I know in their – I think it was a tag team match he had – on raw where he like he tapped to the hurt lock really really fast as like self-preservation and i was thinking maybe he'll do the same thing on pay-per-view where it's like the second he's in the in the full nelson he just taps because he's trying to save himself for the main event which is like more important to get the title um i don't know it's kind of a it's a giant wussy move like it doesn't make me like theory anymore than i do but 
I, I like theory, by the way. I just, I, I don't like the way that I've seen him be booked up to this point from what I've seen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll take Lashley. Um, Pat McAfee against Happy Corbin. I, Pat McAfee wins all day, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Pat yeah. McAfee there. And then we have, and which is cool about that is like the two of them, I've heard Pat on his show over the years talk about like him and Corbin were like roommates, I think back in the day when they were both with the Colts, I believe um, and stuff. So like they're actually lifelong for, or like longtime friends who used to like watch wrestling together and stuff when they were playing football together and always kind of dreamed about doing something like this. So this is really cool for the two of them. They get to do this. And Pat McAfee has been fantastic every time he's had to perform in the ring. Yeah. Um, And then uh, main event, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, last man standing. I didn't even know this was last man standing. Last man standing match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Um, your uh, your prediction for this one? Well, based on how Brock threw a fit and threatened to quit and all that, like I don't think it's the best idea to give him the belt. So I don't know though, man. Like how many times is Roman can beat Brock? Like I, um, my guess is is that Roman beats Brock and then Brock kind of just goes away. Yeah, my guess is Roman beats Brock, and with it being a last man standing match, especially that's kind of their way of like not pinning Brock again, but having Roman beat him. Um, Cinnabon right. manager Romeo in the chat. That's Romeo, um, our friend Romeo. Once again, another yes. Better Call Saul reference in the chat. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the show. Uh, I can't say I'm like super pumped for it, but I will say like I'll definitely watch it live, and and I have. I have enjoyed all the WWE uh, premium live events, I think, this year, except for Money in the Bank. I thought Money in the Bank was pretty weak, uh, from what yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, it didn't help that that one head-to-head with UFC also. Um, yep, you know, bad idea. Well, see, and for us, like, because I actually watched the prelims for the UFC, most people it probably wouldn't affect too much because, like, they're just going to want to watch the main pay-per-view fights. But, like, you know, all, I mean... You allegedly... Dude, allegedly might you have more attention to the prelims i mean yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be way more invested in like i uh, i mean like let me pull the ufc 277 card just very very quickly here um yeah i was just wondering we need to cover that real quick yeah so um so he's so here here's a good here's a good example like if drew dober versus Rafael alves is happening on the UFC prelims, I'm going to be more interested in that than like the majority of what's on the SummerSlam card to put it into perspective. (laughs) So for sure. um, But yeah, as far as uh, UFC 277 and we'll also pick a winner for Wrestle Rumble, by the way, after this, we'll put everyone's name together who uh, sent a super chat and, uh, and uh, give away a free Wrestle Rumble entry for, uh, for SummerSlam. Um, Let's just do some really quick predictions just for that, just for the main card. Um, All right. Uh, Anthony Smith, Magomed, Ikhalayov. You got uh, not Anthony Smith. <laughs> yeah, Ikhalayov. He's a he's a massive favorite as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least yeah. he was on our DraftKings thing that I was looking at. Um, yeah. We got Andre Pantoja and Alex Perez. That's a that's probably a number one contender fight at flyweight. Um, well, depending on how you look at, because Brandon Marino and Kai Kara France. That's yeah. that's for the interim uh, flyweight, isn't it? So yeah, 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 because they can't get uh, the uh, figure out a fight. So yeah, yeah. So, but I think Who you got uh, on that one. I'm taking Pantoja. Um, yeah, same. 
But uh, but I, I think that he's next one up when, once they figure out the interim championship stuff with Marino and Carl France and uh, Figueredo is the true champion. I think Pantoja is like the next one up if he wins. Um, yeah. Derek Lewis versus Sergei, Sergei Pavlovich. Um, this is just another one where, I mean, someone's getting knocked out. What, what I'll probably yeah. allegedly do, I'll probably pick around where this fight ends. I probably won't even pick a winner. I'll probably just put something on the round that, that a KO happens. Um, I'll take Derek Lewis probably. I mean, he's, he seems to beat pretty much everybody that isn't Francis Ngannou yeah. or like, or like the champion. So, right. Yeah. I'm going to go Derek Lewis. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that as well. Uh, Brandon Marino, Kai Car France. I like this matchup. I think Car France deserves it. Um, he's got some really quality wins. Uh, and Brandon Marino, he lost the title to Figueredo by split decision, didn't he? It was a decision, I'm pretty sure, because he beat yeah, Figueredo by submission. I don't think it was that close, it. from what I remember. Like he he lost. It was unanimous. You're right. Yeah, it was a unanimous decision. Um, yeah. But who do you think wins this one? Car France's stand up is is very um that makes this really they interesting. fought before, correct? And Moreno won. Did they fight before? Let me let me double check that. I'm pretty sure they fought. Oh, they did. Moreno yeah, back won. in 2019, and uh, Moreno won a unanim- unanimous decision. Yeah, Carl so has gotten a lot Moreno. better since then, but no, I'm going Moreno as well. I, I think Moreno's gotten better too. So I mean, I I just think at the end of the day, he's got that championship level experience, and I and he's super tough, super durable. I just think I think he's going to pull it off. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then the main event, Juliana Pena Oof. versus Amanda Nunez. This is tough, man, because like I want to, I want to pick Nunez. I think I, I I'm probably going to go with Pena in our DraftKings because she's she's an underdog again. I mean, this no, is as always. Yeah, but she really she whooped her ass that first fight though. Yeah. Like once the cardio became a problem, like pretty much yeah. right, which was very early. I don't know, man. You're you're the you're the Pena guy here. Um, so I'll say a couple of things on my thoughts. I watched the countdown show. I've listened to Amanda's interviews. I really don't like her attitude. Like she left American top team. She started her own gym. She has like one or two coaches that comes in and trains her. She's not training with anybody. She's not sparring anybody. She's just basically like everything is structured to her. So she thinks she's better off, but I just don't feel like that's the best thing to do, but I think she's a better fighter in the long run. And I think, that she truly underestimated Juliana Pena. I truly believe that. I think she went in there injured. I think her knee was beat up. I think her cardio was garbage, and she paid for it. And I told you, like, Juliana's going to test her cardio. She's going to go after her. She's going to keep moving forward. She's going to test her soul. And Amanda, she tapped out. She wanted out of there. She got beat up, and then she, as soon as she was in danger, she tapped out. So, um if Juliana can withstand the storm, if she can make it through rounds one and two, then I think it's her fight. But if she – keep in mind, a lot of people forget this, but the very first leg kick that Amanda threw dropped Juliana. Then she got hit with just a little bit of a punch, and it dropped Juliana. So, like, she – and she also had to go through the storm. Her face was busted open on the side. She had a big old swollen eye. Um so she's going to have to be in a war to win this fight. Uh, but I kind of feel like – I feel like Juliana wants it more in the end. And I feel like that Amanda is is totally okay with just being known as one of the GOATs, a champion, all that stuff. 
And if this is it, then I think she'll be okay with it. Um, and I feel like if it, if it really gets down to like who wants it more, I think Juliana wants it more than her. And I, I could still see Juliana pulling out the upset. But I think Amanda's the better fighter. I think Amanda's coming in in better shape. I think Amanda hits way harder. And uh, that's why I'm leaning towards Amanda. But again, don't sleep on Juliana. She could absolutely pull off the upset again. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with. So, is your is your official prediction going to be Nunez then? So far, yeah. But I could change my mind come press conference time, weigh in. It just depends. But so far, yeah, I'm Nunez. But I, but I'm. I mean, I'm like. I'm I'm damn near 50-50 though. I'm really close. Like it's it's tough. Yeah. But the main reason I went with her for our DraftKings was because like Nina's or uh uh um Inga is just it's such an underdog, it seems like. Um, which is kind of strange because of how badly she beat her the first time. But um yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm like part of me can't forget the first fight. And how well, yeah. uh, how well Juliana did, and I feel like she could probably just do it to her again. Uh, but I also think that Nunez really, really underestimated her. I do, yes. man. Depending on what the lines look like, I might, you know, might roll Pena on that. But I, my, my gut really is that Nunez will get the belt back. I mean, she's got to be really motivated. The good, the one thing she had going for her, though, is she never lost the flyweight or the featherweight title, even though that title there's no division or anything. But you know, people could still call her the champ and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't, man, uh, it's tough. I know it's really tough. A big part of, I'm really, really split. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Nunez comes in, not taking her lightly at all, like super motivated and, um, and and gets the job done and gets the belt back. And then we have a trilogy fight probably. Um, so which honestly uh, is is good business for the UFC because Juliana can talk. They're one in one. Like it would it would work out just fine. I think it would be better off for the UFC if they did that than to have uh, Juliana win twice because then you're looking at Amanda possibly a retirement, completely moving on from Amanda. Amanda not even in title contention. So uh, you you would almost want Amanda to win business wise. Yeah, yeah, man. That it really is a tough because like going into this, I was like, I started I when the fight was announced, I was like Amanda all day. And then yeah. the closer it got to it, I was like, I think I'm gonna go Pena. But now when I think about it more, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Nunez, at least as of right now. Um yeah. once again, in our DraftKings thing, I'm hoping Pena wins when it comes to that. But but um actual just predictions wise, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh Amanda Nunez. So that is uh that's that. Let, let me get the uh this up on the screen here for everybody. I have all the names here for everyone who sent a super chat during today's show. Um, get this pulled up on the screen. Share screen. I'm gonna share this screen. All right. There we go. All right. I'm actually gonna just take this away for just a second so everyone can see this a little bit better. All right. So as you can see here, this list right here, this is everybody who sent us a super chat today during the show. 
We appreciate everyone who sent chat uh, super chats. And we also just appreciate if you're just here hanging out, whether you're yes. interacting in the chat or you're just lurking, just watching the show, kicking back, watching off your TV or something. We appreciate everyone being in here and supporting the show. Um, I'm going to hit a, uh, this, this button here for to pick a random name. One of these names is going to be chosen. And I just need to be able to get in contact with you after the show, just sometime between now and Saturday. So I can uh, have Wrestle Rumble send you a free entry for the SummerSlam Pick'em Contest. Uh, once again, first place, I can actually pull it up right here. First place is $500. Second place is $300. Third place is a mystery crate prize. If you don't want a free entry, you can uh, get one entry for $10, three entries for $20, or five entries for $30. And you can win some big prizes just for uh, you know knowing about professional wrestling. So uh, shout out to Wrestle Rumble for uh, for getting this set up with a free entry to give away to y'all today. I think Cleggy was with two Gs. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. We know who Dirty Cleggy is. All right. The winner of a free Russell Rumble SummerSlam Pick'em entry is Phil Talk Sports. All Phil, right. congratulations, sir. Um, if you could, if you follow uh, myself, he and... does. Okay, I know Great. he is. I, I can get, I can get a hold of him. Okay, awesome. We will get your email address, and you will get a um, an email on Saturday afternoon, or either morning or afternoon, directly from Russell Rumble, and that'll have your free entry in there for you. So uh, thank you for supporting the show, and thank you for everyone who watched uh, today's episode. There was a lot of good stuff to talk about, a lot of big topics, and uh, we appreciate y'all being here. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks, guys, so much. Um, if you guys haven't, please smash that like button. Definitely appreciate it. Um, if you haven't subscribed, hopefully you enjoyed the content and that you would like to subscribe. So please do that as well. And uh, just honestly, guys, thanks for the super chats. This was awesome tonight. Uh, I really appreciate the support of the channel. It definitely helps me and Steven out a lot. So thank you so much for that. And uh, it's one of my favorite things I do all week. I always enjoy talking to you guys. You guys are like all my friends. And it's just like we're all one big community and we share a love for pro wrestling and mixed martial arts and everything. So it's really great to uh, have this community. And I, I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if y'all want to follow me on Twitter, it's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. You can use code fight talk and IWTV dot live or independent wrestling dot TV. Um, and uh, the next time y'all will hear me will be on Thursday morning, 9 30 AM Eastern time. Myself and Jeremy Lambert do the spotlight every Thursday. Uh, that's on the main Fightful YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash Fightful. Um, we'll be talking about more of this type of stuff. Uh, Vince retiring, some indie stuff. We talked a little bit of everything from the world of wrestling. And we have a great interview for y'all that we recorded tonight um, with Andrew Thompson, who is formerly of Fightful, currently at Post Wrestling. A uh, great dude, wrestling reporter, writer. Um, so uh, you have that to look forward to on uh, Thursday and then um, on Sunday, I'll record my next episode of the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, FightfulSelect.com. And I may be doing a quick Saturday morning podcast with Jesse Davin, uh, doing some more um, SummerSlam predictions potentially. So check that out. Um, everything I got going on, though, I just keep updated on my Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I'm always posting links and stuff. So y'all can uh, check out and join along with the stuff I got going on. Uh, like Doug said, Thank you to everyone who sent super chats. Thank you to everyone who watched the show. Um, we really appreciate y'all. And, uh, you know, if you aren't already a regular viewer, 
we would love you to become one. We see a lot of the same people in here every week, and we really, really appreciate that. And it's also cool to see new names and faces in here too. So, um, sure. so yeah, th thanks for joining along with us. And uh, we appreciate it more than you all understand. Uh, the, the super chats go a really long way. We never want to sound like we're begging or anything like that, but just know that it really does help. So we really appreciate y'all and, um, you know, hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe. We, we, we appreciate it. And we'll be right here same time, same place next, uh, next Tuesday, 10, 10 PM Eastern. Uh, anything, anything left you got Doug before we sign off? No, just everybody have a fun weekend, man. We got UFC, we got SummerSlam, we got Ric Flair's last match. Dynamite, by the way, Brian Danielson's back facing Daniel Garcia. Roosh is facing John Moxley. There's just a lot of really good stuff this week, a lot of fun. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next week. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.